Hey, this is episode 136 of the Collector's Quest podcast. It is the second episode 136. So yeah, there hasn't been a podcast in a while because we recorded a Christmas episode, but then I edited it too late and it felt weird to release that like way after Christmas. So here's a super long episode to make up for that. This is our look back at collecting in 2019, what goals we're setting for 2020, and you know, some of the weird stuff that happened last year, some of the things we think are going to happen next year, what's going on with prices. It's a big fat episode. I just spent a very long time editing it, so let's go. Also, go and give us like five stars on iTunes and all those places. Forgot to say that. Tell your mom about the show. to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny and Stefan. It is Christmas 2019, guys. Here we are, the Christmas episode. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go, we're going to talk about some collectible Christmas games. We had some trouble thinking of like some real bangers this time around, but uh, so we're going to call this episode the last 12 collectible games of Christmas. So I have to say, of all the things that I, that get on my nerves that like people have like latched on and like sent me DMs about. It's the word. It's when I freaked out on you for using the word bangers, <laughs> and uh, so now I get DMs all the time. People like intentionally using bangers in conversations to I bug me. Just if you guys are using the word bangers on Instagram, I notice every time you do it. I just have to say that. <laughs> uh, so did we lose Johnny? Also, this was all uh, a big joke. Uh, we haven't put out an episode in like a month because we did a Christmas episode. And then we were all gone for Christmas for two weeks. Usually that doesn't matter, but I was gone for Christmas for two weeks and I do the editing and I, I would have had it edited at like December 30th, which I felt was too late to put out a Christmas episode. Uh, so we have that one in the bank. And if you're a Patreon at the level four level, we'll give you that episode. Um, we'll We'll put that out in the future sometime. I think we probably will just for like and giggles but yeah also no, you know That's not for two nothing. hours of hard work that is sitting there so well and we were also like not really on the ball none of us were for that episode we were all sick and tired and tra- traveling or it's just a fine episode Stop. did and... we really lose johnny just no by the way? i'm, I'm oh, here okay I'm just letting you guys talk let's oh. n- let's stop hyping up the episode they're not going to listen to and start hyping up the episode <laughs> they are going to listen to uh it's actually january 8th 2020 right now uh, we're going to talk about a year that we've all lived entirely through 2019. Man, that was a, that was a good time to make a dead wife joke. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> Stefan. Do I have to cut that? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, she would have uh, enjoyed Johnny, that Johnny, just uh, do what you normally do. I feel like this is a test on Johnny if I can explain what the episode is going to be about. But you know I can't do it, Johnny. So, Johnny, what are we talking about? Okay. For this episode, we are talking, we do the same episode at the beginning of each year, and it's the new goals, uh, you know, not new goals, new us, but what are our goals and how did we do last year? So we're going to review that. We're going to talk about how the year went for us, if we think we kept to those goals. We're going to like kind of evaluate ourselves, like uh, how did we do on some of our purchases? We've got, you know, some some questions we're going to ask each other. 
uh, more of a fun episode than like a serious number or crunchy episode. I have some numbers if you want to feel better about yourself and how much you spend on games. <laughs> and uh, also, it it was a full decade flip, so we will maybe briefly look at like what was it like at the beginning of 2010 versus what is it like at the beginning of 2020. So that's what we're doing this episode, Tyler. Sound all right? That sounds great. Where are we starting, Johnny? Um, well, why don't we start with the questions in the episode doc? The qu- Oh, my God. Oh, wow. We have this in the episode doc? Oh, God. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I put them totally in the episode doc. Oh, I, I've been like going back through Facebook to try to figure out what this episode is. Once again, I am the only one prepared, and I'm very happy about no, myself. I've got that a, was my first, got... first New Year's resolution accomplished. <sighs> I was prepared when we, when we actually logged How in. How are you the only one prepared if i'm the one who put them in the document i always write things in a text document so you guys don't know what's coming up i want to surprise you every time we all know the only person i care about is myself that is fair question one why does johnny hate max (laughs) why does johnny hate max what does that mean max oh max (laughs) m-e-c i thought you were like saying m-e-x i'm like is this like a veiled slur i'm like what are you talking about wait i'm like this episode is going way to the to like a weird place uh no (laughs) max as in robots uh piloted by people i do i hate them i hate max i don't like robotech i i don't like any mech animes you can be like hey do you like this one nope the answer is no I will tell you the one exception, and it was from when I was a child, and it was Voltron. Voltron is the only one I ever liked. And then when it got to Car Voltron, I thought it was really stupid. Original Voltron, like, swayed more into fantasy for me, so I was willing to forgive it. I don't hate giant robots in general. Like, sentient robots like Transformers, totally fine. Humans piloting big robots is the dumbest shit ever. Don't try to convince me otherwise. Send your hate mail to me. We can fight about it. If you were going to build a weapon to, to go be in, why the f*** would you build a mech? Because they're cool. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they aren't. Tyler, you're the you're least You're a Star cool Wars person. fan. What is it? Is hey. it Star Wars Episode One where that... Uh, every every Star Wars has I droids that are like bipedal Not... robots. What am I talking about? No. Yeah. I didn't say I hate robots. I said I hate mechs. Oh, they they don't it make is. any sense though. Robots don't make sense. I didn't say robots made sense. I said I don't like I don't, mechs. Right. Don't, don't conflate don't, it into something. I can't that argue is about not. this because I'm not passionate enough about mechs, even though this, I do like this. Uh, this turned out way better than I was expecting, and it wasn't. <laughs> and it wasn't just a random uh, ploy for for me to uh, try to buy Tyler some time because he was ill prepared. Uh, Johnny and I were talking about the subject before the show because the metal storm from uh, Retrobit uh, just arrived at my home and the collector's edition, and I really like it, and Johnny does not really care for it. And, no, uh, no one should care for it. A... It's What you're not telling them is you tried to justify your purchase, because look, I don't like that this Metal Storm exists, because there's already a regular version of this game that is not a shitty repro that you can buy. That's just been our stance on the show for quite some time. Stefan is a crazy person, so he just goes and buys whatever. And, like, when he's going, like, he hasn't bought games in, like, a year. And what does he go and buy? He f***ing buys this repro piece of garbage. It's true. It's baffling. Anyways, what I I don't like, and the difference between this and, like, say, Holy Diver, is that Holy Diver at least never came here. So I'm like, okay, well, it never came here, and you want it for your collection. This is the first time it's actually released. Metal Storm, you paid, like, a hundred and something dollars, 
and they made four confusing versions and that each one tried to be limited and it just looks bad because they're in like these translucent shells and Stefan goes like this to justify his purpose now that I've talked for 10 minutes and you forgot what we're talking about. <laughs> well, I would have bought it just for the robot. The mech inside is really cool. Yep. And I said, that... no, you can't you can't go backwards and justify your purchase. You didn't look at the robot and go, that's really cool. I'm buying it for the robot. That just happened to happen. So you can't re-architect time and be like, no, I was, I was buying it for the robot because that is 100% not true. And and that's when uh, that's when we discovered that Johnny hates mechs, and that's something that I didn't know in all this time that we've been friends. Because I am a devout mech enthusiast, and uh, so it was just something interesting I didn't know about Johnny before. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, very very deep seated hatred for mechs. I yeah, I really I just look <laughs> at them and think they are so dumb. I'm just like these tiny people, like like let's go be in a me-. like Pacific Rim. I'm like okay, cool. This is we're doing this, huh? Great. Wait, uh, I I might have missed it. What about like the alien suits that Sigourney Weaver gets in? Do those count? Uh, they do, and that was one of the exceptions I told Stefan actually in our pre-conversation. What I like, I've got two exceptions. I like when Sigourney Weaver Weaver punches an alien because again, I was a kid when I saw, saw that, so it was fine. And I like Voltron. And then what I said, and then I said, do you like the new Voltron? He says no, and I go, why? Is it because I don't like mechs? <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. All right. Uh, I was a kid. I didn't know better. Okay. Tyler, I have bought you like seven minutes. So uh, are you prepared? What? Seven minutes to what? I've always (laughs) been prepared and I'm the most prepared of anyone because all of my thoughts are collected except for what this episode's about. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Hey, guys. I know exactly what what I'm talking about except for what we're talking about. I'm going to go ahead and throw out this question. You guys can fight about who's going to answer it. But what was our best episode of the year? So I kind of factored in... Like and it's, it, this is personal, so it's like yeah, yeah. It's no... objectively best, but then also slash my favorite. Um, sure. My favorite episode ever is the uh, ships miss episode from last year, which doesn't count, or the year before rather, which doesn't count, obviously. Uh, but my favorite episode was episode number one ten, how we organize our game collections. I like passionately enjoy that part of the hobby, like organizing the game room and like digging into like shelving units and that kind of stuff and and uh, smart switches and everything you can do to create a a cooler environment. Like I'm very proud of the aesthetic of my game room and so uh being able to share that with people um was uh one of my favorite things and I do feel like we also just had a lot of like knowledge to drop on people, questions that we get asked a lot, like what kind of shelves we use and you know that kind of stuff. So that was my favorite. That was good. I like that. I uh, I would go with the game collecting trivia show because I like trivia and the format of the show gave me a chance to bring up uh, things that otherwise would never get episodes like Atari gatefold games. I just thought that episode was a lot of fun. And I think me and Johnny tied and Johnny thinks he won. But uh, no, I, I, I like I like won. the trivia. We show. already solved that and I won. Mm. We totally did. I this conversation we're having right now is why it's that one is my worst episode, but we'll, we'll talk oh, about okay. that when we get there. Okay. Johnny, what was your favorite episode? I really liked Does It Count? Because that's something we talk about all the time and still gets brought up. I just liked having kind of a deep dive on us talking about all the shit people try to get away with and what we believe and, and don't believe counts in, in like set collecting. Uh, that was, I thought, just like an informative episode where we 
kind of really got to dig in and, and talk about something. So I'm looking at the viewer uh, listener numbers and that, that was one of the most listened to out of all the ones last year. So other people are definitely interested in that kind of stuff. I like that one too. That was a good one. So now, now we'll do the flip side guys. Worst episode. What, where, where did you just, where did you look back at us and go, um, oof, why did we do that? Or, Ugh. And I know Tyler's episodes are probably all Halloween or Christmas episodes. You got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Tyler's wrong. And um, yeah, so Stefan, why don't you tell me what the worst episode was? Sure. Just so everyone knows, uh, my daughter just invaded. So uh, you might hear some background baby talk. Um, so my least favorite, as I mentioned, was uh, episode 117, The Collector's Quiz. Because two things, uh, I well hate okay. It. Hold on, collectors quiz and game collecting trivia show were two different episodes. Was it? Yep. Collectors quiz was like Johnny asking an opinion. I, I randomly question. quizzed you guys. Yeah, that was a fun one. You liked oh. that one. Oh, I, I was just looking at episode titles. So what what one was that? What one was that, Tyler? The the trivia one. Game collecting trivia show. What what was the number? Oh, I don't know who you are this terrible. Stuff? Um, anyway, so but yeah, I, anytime that honestly, anytime that like trivia or quizzing comes up, it 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 gets my anxiety. I I don't feel like I'm ever prepared, and I feel like that like the pressure to answer questions live really like gets me, and I don't like feeling anxious. So like that, just anytime I'm I'm like forced to answer questions on the spot, uh, I get I get weird. So but that episode one twenty eight, by the way. Okay, that and. Oftentimes we cut it from the show, but anytime that like we butt heads like infight, that bugs me. And I and we did a little bit of infighting on that particular episode towards the end that I think we did cut. Um, so the that uh, that also was factored into why I didn't really enjoy that one. All right, Tyler, tell me why you don't like Halloween episodes and why <laughs> why you've got a small heart and no dreams left inside of you. So honestly. Um... If it had come out, I think the Christmas one would have been my least favorite. Not because oh. we were tired or anything, just because I think there's such a small set of games that could be considered Christmas games. And it's always such, it's so stressful trying to think of things that I'm actually interested in that fit into such a narrow subject matter where at least Halloween, I can expand out to basically anything horror. Uh, with that said, 13 collectible Halloween games was the worst episode because I hate trying to think of... It literally takes me like you guys are on Skype with me. It takes me like two hours to think of a list of games that I find collectively interesting that I actually want to talk about that fit a stupid holiday. I hate it. But you did like the spooky collectible Halloween import episode. So uh, so this is what you do. You did like 13 collectible Halloween games, then 12 Christmas games. It's always like so many. I think for the Halloween import one, we only had six. So we only had to talk about two each. So I just talked about like Sweet Home and Splatterhouse. It, it was that, fewer games on that one. That one too, I think we came up with ones that like, I think we are always more interested in list shows when we actually have lists that like some of, like we don't already know everything about, right? So like- Speak for yourself. When we when we found, okay. Well, but when we found, uh, or when we talked about like the, the import ones, I feel like we were teaching each other about some things and that I like that a lot too. I, I honestly, I wasn't sure if you were going to go with a Halloween episode or the Christmas in July episode, the calendar I, episode, Tyler. I thought he was going to go for the Instagram one because he hated the belly laugh joke. That was the Christmas in July one. Yeah, never mind. That was the worst episode. And then someone said that was like their favorite <laughs> their episode. Their favorite yeah. episode. Such mind. a wind. 
Such so that win. that someone saying that's their favorite episode. So every time we record an episode and I'm like, oh, my God. And then someone said that episode in particular was their favorite. I'm like, everything we touch is golden. We can do no wrong. <laughs> oh, no, we could. And meanwhile, had... after every episode, Johnny's like, should we just scrap this whole episode? That was terrible. That is true. That really I, happens. I'm, I'm also the guy who walks into every test and goes, Ugh, I failed it at the end of it. And then I'm also that asshole who probably got an A on it. I did that, but I always knew I got an A. I was just being an asshole. Oh, no. See, that like that paranoia actually lives inside of me always. Like, I know I messed up. I like I probably overthought this and I, I probably didn't do this. And and true or false questions on tests are actually my worst nightmare. I would rather write an essay because I can think of things to say. True or false, you're just like, it's either this or that. But are they considering this corner case? And sometimes... Like, especially in high school, I'm like, well, I think I know maybe sometimes more than the teacher knows. Are they considering this thing or is that too broad a stroke? Like, it, I mean, it's mostly false, but there are these cases where it can. Are they trying to trick me? And uh, yeah, so that's me sitting there trying to figure out my answer after I've got an answer. And then I'm just watching precious minutes tick away. What, what is with you guys and hating tests and trivia? Guys, write in and ask for more no, trivia I shows. Like, There's so much fun. I like trivia. <laughs> I love trivia. I like the game episodes, like the, the game draft. We need to do another game draft. Well, maybe we will. It's a new world. Maybe maybe we'll do the million dollar game draft, only drafting sealed games. I Seal, sealed graded oh games. Oh my God. <laughs> we get $500. <laughs> It's the seal. It's the million dollar game draft, guys. Let's uh, let's see what we can buy from Heritage Auctions. I don't like it when I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about, and I think in in, tri- in the trivia setting, there's a lot of room for that. Like, even if I do know something it, in a trivia setting, and the pressure, like you just forget. Like those, like how many? When Johnny was like, how many? Uh, or, or list like five games that are worth more than a hundred dollars for GBA. Like yeah, that's the same like, question I was thinking yeah, of. We you both and I were just it. like, it's uh, so and and it's just like you know, in an, in a normal setting, we probably could have come up with things more easily. But like, it just made me feel like, oh, I'm a dumbass because I'm on the spot and I don't know the answers to questions. I'm pretty sure it was uh, named three GBA games over a hundred dollars, yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. all I could think of was like Ice Nine, and I couldn't even think of the name. Castlevania, and then you said the one that was ninety-seven dollars. <laughs> yep. that was great. All right, so that that was uh, our what we considered our worst episodes for our varying reasons. You guys, let us know uh, your answers to these questions too, because I, I find that very interesting. Sorry, did you what? say your worst? Was I? Uh, I did, didn't I? Okay, I don't. No, I don't know. No, I was kind I of. I, I was wrang- I was side wrangling a baby. Sorry. Oh, I. I guess I didn't. Um, and I can tell you what it is if you want me to. Yeah. Uh, Odyssey 2 episode. Yeah! I wasn't on it. <laughs> you definitely did not say this before. Uh, yeah, no. I, our I, most informative episode. Hold on. I'm going to go through our, our SoundCloud likes, which like no one likes us on SoundCloud because who the heck no. goes and logs into SoundCloud? I think that one has the lowest amount of likes. It has one. Doesn't it drop off after so much? Though? What? I don't know how SoundCloud works. But someone liked it. Can I see who liked it? The Brass Eye. You're getting a special shout out on the year end episode for being the only person who liked the Odyssey 2 episode. Oh, yeah, the views I, drop off after so long. That's what it is. I'm actually like that. That's a joke. That was because I wasn't on that episode. That's not really true. Um, 
and also I will say worst for us, I feel like is a very subjective thing because I don't think we ever do anything truly terrible or egregious. But um, wrestling episode. Wrestling episode wasn't good. And that's why we call it out. Also, the Star Wars episode wasn't great and people hated it, uh, which still hurts my heart. And we're going to redo it. and We're going to make people love it. Right, guys. Right. Also, well, I know so much more now. Quest. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so the one I didn't like was the uh, episode 125 WTF Sonic one. And uh, why CQ was always wrong about First Prince. Uh, so I was going to give a special shout out to our $100,000 Mario episode because a couple times we called it a first print. Yeah. Because that... before this year, like no one made a distinction between matte and glossy sticker seals, except for like the handful of people who are deep, deep in the NES. And again, uh, like I don't even think that episode was that bad, but I felt like, like I wanted to talk about Sonic and then like we pretty much made the decision to do it. And by we, I pretty much mean, I was like, this is the episode we're doing guys. And then I'm like, man, this data isn't the best and nothing, nothing here. I'm saying, I feel like is that interesting about Sonic and uh, yeah. Anyways. So I felt like that was a little bit of a flop. Johnny, my, I was, I was really tempted for my favorite one to go with episode 134, where you and I fought about Pawn Stars because, oh, nice. Because I really do believe that that discourse that you and I had was exemplary. Like, we really disagreed, and we talked it out, and we remained friends. And that was, like, one of the healthiest discourses. I Like, when when two of us really, really vehemently disagreed on something, um, and, like, it never resorted to yelling, it never resorted to, like, us saying anything we regretted, and it was just a really, really healthy argument, I loved that episode. Yeah, that was, it was a nice talk. And, and what people should know is, because I get shouty all the time, if I'm actually truly upset about something, I, I'm i not going to shout at people. That's that's not how you really talk to people when you're actually mad at them. Like, I, I play it up a little bit, but uh, when Steph and I are actually having a true disagreement, uh, one, I, I believe people can have different opinions and you don't need to be upset about that. People can like different things and uh, you shouldn't be shouted at it about things like that. Even if I tell people you're stupid for liking mechs, I, I don't actually <laughs> believe that. Uh, that's not a true thing. I don't like mechs. And that's, that's like the full stop. I, I there's some play ups. So uh, yeah, it's nice for people to see the other side when I'm actually just being like a, a fairly u- reasonable human being though. We did. I mean, our exchanges, there was some heat to some of it, but, yeah. um, but that's fine. You, you should, if you have an opinion, you should be willing to defend it, but you shouldn't, be willing to defend it even if you don't have supporting arguments like people start arguing about their opinion as if it's fact and i I dislike that a a good deal right well and at the point at the end where we're just like okay it's just not gonna it's it's not gonna do anything from here let's just move on and we did and it was great and I i think it was important to show people in this hobby because there you know there is such a chasm between certain aspects of this hobby and there is a lot of baseless shouting that goes on so it was it was good for me to show an example of two people having a significant argument and remaining friends so that was i really liked it a lot i'm glad you enjoyed it uh so let me ask you because we have this in the episode doc as well uh most valuable episode would you say like most valuable to our listeners not our personal favorite but would you say then that is your most valuable episode for the listeners 
Yep, it was uh, followed by like more uh, mechanically followed by the so you want to collect for Saturn. I thought we did a really good job on on that. Um, so I think for people who wanted to collect for Saturn, that was probably the most valuable. But yes, one thirty four was my was my pick for most valuable. What about you, Tyler? Yeah, uh, so you want to collect Sega Saturn? I think is the most valuable. Also, at least according to SoundCloud, with whatever weird way it tracks listens, that was our most listened to episode. Sega Saturn is super cool because it has like the weird sports games that never show up for sale. It has like all the really good stuff was released like dead last on the console and it's all published by Sega. It's just such a weird, uneven console, which makes it really fun to talk about. Also, anytime we talk about Saturn, Tyler gets really shouty and I enjoy those episodes. <laughs> There's a lot of things to shout about. You want to talk about that House of the Dead port? Yeah. No, no, we don't. <laughs> we also don't want to talk about frames per second at all. We'll get there. (laughs) It's no secret that one of my favorite things in the world is listening to Tyler when he shouts off mic. And uh, (laughs) that's a a good episode for it. My most valuable episode is weirdly like it snuck in at the end. It was how to shop for um, video game collectors. And, Hmm. you know, which was, uh, what was that, episode 135? So, I mean, it was like two episodes ago, but really only one for our listeners. And because I hate, like, every time I'm listening to a podcast or a YouTube special and they're like, here's your gift guide. And it's like, I'm already, like, entrenched in this hobby. You don't need to tell me what to buy me. Like, I don't, I, as, like, a hardcore fan, don't need to see this. Outside people, my friends need to see this. Like, you know, my wife needs to see it. Significant other, whatever you got out there. Those are the people who need that episode. So I thought we did a good job of like kind of helping people tell others how to shop for them. And I, I thought that was valuable. And I don't know if we executed that perfectly or anything, but I liked where we arrived at, like from a theory standpoint of anyways, how we were delivering that episode. So I think I remember not knowing what that episode was about for mm. a large portion of the episode, which is how I feel like most of the time going into Collector's <laughs> Quest, so it's okay. Uh, but I do remember I took away uh, Johnny saying, people want to buy you a video game thing, Tyler. And I'm like, oh, people do want to buy me a video game thing because I'm the video game man. Uh, and then yeah. Christmas came and no one bought me anything related to video games. So. Because you've been a Scrooge And whose fault so is long. that? Yeah. You've uh, made I it put too Ring hard. Fit Adventure on my list and it, it did not get, you get it and that is fine. You didn't get a controller? I didn't get a controller. Man. I kind of wanted a controller too, but oh well. As I said, controllers are so easy. Anyways, a couple more questions here, guys. What 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 would you say your best purchase of the year was? Let's go with Stefan. Uh, my gameplay counselor binders. Um, yep. so one of the, the, basically at two points in the year last year, there were, I, there were tremendous shifts in, in what I collected. And the first one was when I started collecting gameplay counselor memorabilia and I dove in so hard that by the end of the year, I actually had a pop-up museum around that collection. Uh, so, but of that memorabilia, the gameplay counselor binders, which for people who don't know the, in, in the call center where you, you called in and to the power line and, and Nintendo employees answered questions about games, they worked out of these binders that were, you know, hand-drawn maps and, and handwritten notes and that kind of things. And uh, so I have a, a set of six, five or six, five, five, five counselor binders um, that I have it, uh, as part of the collection. And it's like, as far as like things in this room that I feel radiate history, like that's that's probably one of the the biggest 
uh, items for me. So I really, 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 really enjoy those binders. I think collectively between us, I think that's the coolest thing any of us own. And Johnny has Blockbuster World Championships, which no one even talks about anymore because who cares about Sega? Yep, no one but, cares uh, right now. <laughs> that is, those are awesome. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Uh, can't really, can't really debate that except for maybe the NWC, but like. Eh, NWC, but. Oh, he bought that last year too. Oh my God. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's coming up for a later question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Tyler, what was your, what was your best purchase? Do I spoil it? Cause it was a December purchase. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I got my sealed Ocarina of Time that I've been talking Hooray! about like uh, all year. Did you not put that on Instagram? Is that actually spoiling it? Yeah, I didn't. I, I don't really <laughs> spoil it. Oh, I don't right. really post you, the sealed stuff on Instagram. So I. Uh, the Final Fantasy success sound. That's how happy I am. Yeah. So uh, the, one of the big things that bugged me, this is kind of continuing from um, the game draft episode, like totally messed me up because. Uh, there were games I had that I had bought complete in box on the game draft that I realized I didn't own a complete in box version um, when I was going to take the picture for Instagram of all things. And I'm like, why don't I own a complete Super Metroid? That is super weird. Uh, and that kind of ticked me off into going. Uh, I really pivoted towards collecting more of my favorites after that episode. And uh, one thing that bugged me this year is that I don't really have like a capstone of my collection. There's nothing I could point to and say, that's my favorite thing I own. Like before this, it would have been like Outback Joey or like Donkey Kong Country Classic. And I don't even like those games. It's just like, that's a really expensive, rare thing with some weird history behind it. Um, so now it's it's my favorite game ever, which is uh, kind of like how Johnny likes that Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers is now the most expensive game ever. And it's nice that it's not freaking stadium events of all things. That's kind of where I feel my collection has shifted now. You know, it's not the most expensive. It's not the rarest thing I own, but... Uh, it is really nice and shiny. Collector's edition. It's a VGA 85 for anyone wondering. Ooh, yeah, uh, I definitely uh, overpaid for it, but not by much. Uh, I, it, it was my exact to the dollar, exact of max amount that I was willing to pay for it. So you um, probably overpaid for the time being, right? Like I mean, for what... the time being, like I, sealed games are definitely, definitely in a bubble. And I feel like N64 is when like, there's a lot of N64 stuff out there. Yeah. Um, even... Uh, I, I I don't know enough about sealed games to talk about this stuff, but uh, I figured like realistically, what's the lowest it can drop to? Lowest like maybe five hundred bucks before like it really starts encroaching on CIB territory, which I don't think is going to happen. So if I do lose a little money on it, I'm fine because I'm never going to sell it anyway. So there you go. I'm happy I have that. Good. Uh, oh, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna put a bonus one in here though. Uh, my second best pickup was looking through my entire collection for all the first print stuff I have. Woo! Because that was a lot of free money I found that I'm, I, I'm not going to sell it, but I sure found a lot of it. Nice. Do you feel good about that? Yeah, it was funny. Like, because I don't, I, I don't have a concept on how rare like a first print Zelda is, but you know, then people like a Zelda out of nowhere sold for two thousand dollars, and I, I'm like two thousand dollars, and I start looking through my stuff. I'm like, oh, I've got two of those. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's no longer worth two thousand dollars. I don't think. But hey, and no, I'm not selling them. Stop PMing me. Don't stop PMing me. It makes me feel loved, but still. All right. Uh, let's see. My best purchase of the year was probably that Hangtab Castlevania that I got. The one that back. didn't show up? What, what happened the, with yeah, that? The one that? Yeah, the one I got backdoored on <laughs> after the fact, and then after it spiked up, like, spiked to like $1,000 after I paid like $100 for it. So that was cool. That was a really good buy. 
You you did end up getting it or no? No, no, oh. I didn't. No, that was actually my worst purchase of the year uh, because I didn't get it. And now, then the price went up and now I, I, I'm angry at it and I don't want to rebuy it. I don't think this has come up on the show yet, Johnny. Um, about Hangtab Castlevania. Did we talk about the two box variants? I don't think we did. Okay. There's a Do post on Nintendo Age, like real old Nintendo Age, um, by Kixmaster that says the first first print of Castlevania, which had the big logo on the end of the cart, the Hangtab box for that has slightly shifted art compared to the Hangtab box for the version that didn't come with the big logo cart. So if you really want the first first print of Castlevania, it should be a a cart that you know is matched correctly with like this weird shifted art box. I cannot find any pictures or any other mention of this anywhere on the internet, but apparently there are two very, very slightly different variants of the hang tab box. And I have no idea. Woo. Uh, so I someone, mean, I hope someone's worrying about that. Everyone should be worrying about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, me. this, if you are into the narcissism of minor differences, this is the show for you and you are in the right hobby. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, by the way, Johnny, I had never heard the term narcissism of minor differences until you had mentioned it to me, and now I use that all the time. Oh, good. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> um, let's see. My actual Best Buy, I don't have like one thing I purchased as like, this is rock solid, the best purchase I made. Um, this year, even though I spent like a lot of this money, or a lot of this money, a lot of money this year, it was like... I got a lot of Game Boy games. I got like good lots of Game Boy games. So I got some like really cool Game Boy stuff. So not individually one thing. Like if I had to point out like something, someone could say, hey, that was like a really great pickup. And it's like a little flashy was uh, the first print Zelda I found. I found that first print Zelda, a Star Mario box, a couple other first print black box games, but just the boxes and manuals for all of these. And I got them for under $100, so that was like a really sweet pickup I got. So that was like a pretty good sell. That, that's what I'll go with. I gave you that matching manual for that Mario box. You did. I appreciate it. You bought it. me that Captain America with the pin that you knew I wanted. I, I am a good friend. And, you, and I got you a deal on it. You did. I, I got you a deal on a deal because that was already a good price. Um. All right. Worst buy. Go ahead, Tyler. Tell us, tell us your shame. Do I have to? You yes. do. Um. All right. Uh. By far the most shameful thing I bought. I bought a uh, a resealed Mario three. Uh. It wasn't. It, it's like uh, the the equivalent of VGA qualified. So it was a store reseal. So it technically hasn't been opened. Uh, I sent it to Wada, and they're like. Well, it's technically new, but the wrap's not legit. So now I have this graded no-seal Mario 3, which is worth probably at least double. I paid 200 bucks for it, so kind of whatever. It's probably worth like at least 300 bucks, right? I don't know. Mario 3 is crazy. But uh, I'm, I'm very ashamed that I bought it. It didn't have good picks, and everyone probably knew it was a reseal, and I was like, maybe it's legit. And it was only half legit. It's my worst buy. It's not my worst buy. It's my most shameful buy. Most shameful. And that that's that's a fair qualifier. All right, Stefan, what about you? What's so the dumbest to... is it Metal Storm? No. No. <laughs> but I've I have two for two different reasons. Uh one because I just got scammed, and then the other because that was just monetarily a bad decision. But uh so the first one is I bought a one hundred percent completely fake from the wrap to the cart, totally fake 
uh, sealed Pokemon Blue. Uh, and that was I. I mentioned this I think on the podcast before yeah, a, a long time, time that ago. it happened. Yeah, um, but it, but it was this year um, from a vendor that I trusted, and uh, and he believed it to be legitimate, or at least I believe he believed that it was legitimate. Um, but it was in like a um, like the the thicker polyurethane um, protectors. Uh, so I didn't I didn't question it until I was already out of the building and you know driving home and then I as soon as I took it out of the protector I I was like oh this thing is completely fake but uh, we worked it out I'm not gonna shame the seller but uh, but yeah that, so that happened I bought a completely fake game um, and then the other one was the second power glove sign that I bought so I have that big fiber optic power glove sign they made two of them and then so years ago I bought the first one for basically the equivalent of $250 and then so years go by I sell that sign and then the owner of the other one because like I said there are two um, asked me if I wanted to buy that sign. And so I did because I had just sold the other one and I ended up paying 36 times more <laughs> than what I paid for the first one. So that just felt really shitty. Um, uh, so as far as like buys that made me feel gross, that one was 100% the, uh, the epitome of like feeling gross for having bought something. That's fair. Yeah, you should feel gross about that. Yeah. But he really likes that sign. I do really yes. like the sign. And there's two of them. So there you go. Like two is probably the max of what will get Stefan excited at this point. <laughs> like, ugh, There's 30 of those. I'm out. That's that's common. Anyone can get one of those. 30. I'm out. That's so dumb. He's been Why listening to Reserved so Investments. Reserved Investments goes on rants about people calling things rare. He's like, things are rare if there's 10 or less of them. Okay. Uh, and you know how I feel about that argument. I will fight reserved investments to the death. Oh, can we have him on? He we had can. an interest. He had an. In- he he would probably love it. He had an interesting um, definition of what is collectible the other day. That I I don't know if you caught that, Tyler. Oh. But it was Objects basically made after 1980. No, it was it was any anything that sells on the on the mar- on the second market for a, a higher price point than retail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I I think that's did we not mention that on the there was an episode where we mentioned we the did we talked about what what's collectible. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was one of our because because we had a bunch of different opinions on that. That's close to what I think we consider, but the thing is, video games are generally way less than sixty dollars uh, across the yeah. board. So eh, yeah, I don't know. Yep. So that's my that's my shame. Actually, that's not my shameful one because we do have that other that specifically the. Ashamed question. Yep. All right. For me, I, that, that Castlevania is still like the worst thing. Just <laughs> you got back so, door. There's nothing to be ashamed I'm of. I'm still, I'm not, I'm just mad about it. It's the, I just, I'm, I'm going to be salty about it for a while. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? I like, there's like dumb little things like, Accidentally buying Game Boy games I already have, like GBA games, being super annoyed about that. But nothing like serious. So I'll, I'll go into the like most shameful purchases and things. Um, and I'll ask you this: like, what are you still ashamed of that you're buying in 2019, and are you still going to be buying it in 2020? So let's transition into that. 
and uh, it, basically anything that says LRG and a number on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, yours. I, I'm buying. Yeah. I'm buying all that NES crap too. They put out more like NES homebrew or like original games, like that Jay and Silent Bob game. Hundred percent there. But I'm not really ashamed about it. I think that's awesome. Oh no, I just, I, I think they're so despicable. I, I just. I hate their model. Like it's better than it used to be. I just every time I look at it, I look at like what I spent on those games and how much I care about them. I feel bad. There are some genuinely like interesting games I picked up that I'm happy. Like oh, I'm happy I bought this. And then, but the ratio of happy to bought versus stuff I actually bought back in the day, even earlier, like beginning of 2019, mostly in 2018 and before. Um, there's just a lot of stuff I look at and go, ugh, no, thank oh, you. Me too. I was. I was super annoyed that, okay, so I, do you guys know Battle Princess Madeline? Yep. Got that okay. too. <laughs> so, well, no, and that was a Kickstarter. So I backed the Kickstarter. I was excited about this. I enjoyed the guy's story, his premise, what he was trying to do. Uh, even though it didn't become the game he, he wanted it to be or promised, or even, and even though it departed uh, a bit from his original plan, I think maybe too many people got to have some input on it and maybe he just didn't have the skill or the time but all oh, that's fine i was happy to to back and support that so what happened t- today or yesterday is i got my copy in the mail finally and it was the kickstarter it wasn't the kickstarter cover it was the stupid limited run games cover and it was just being distributed by them but they made a mistake and put the that cover forward so now I have to look at my, if I want. So open it. <laughs> I have the digital copy. There's literally zero reason for me to open it. Also, open they it to re- reverse the cover. Ugh, it's just, but it's annoying that it happened. And then like the guy who, whose thing it was, he's like, there's no way to, do, like he sent out this obnoxious email. Like he didn't do a good job of like just being a little bit contrite and sorry. He's like, I'm sorry this happened, but you guys are being really annoying with all of your questions. What do you care about? It's like, well, you sold this into a collector's market and that's the people who bought these editions. And like, you sh- maybe you didn't understand who you were dealing with. Uh, a bunch of annoying particular collectors. Of course, they're going to be particular about this. But I was annoyed that like, it's not even nobody. It's just like the fact that I, I didn't... Like now I feel like I was supporting limited run games and not this guy. So the Kickstarter mm-hmm. thing, the story with the with his daughter and why he was making it and her and their dog and like it was this beautiful little story and he created the narrative and like talked about ghosts and goblins the whole time. So he he brought me in on that and that's what I gave my money to. And then to get an LRG number on the side and like in my face right when I open it, I was yeah, I was not happy about it. Uh, my my literal first reaction was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I like I was genuinely not pleased. Like, ugh, why? This is I don't want them to have my money. I hope they didn't get a dime of this, uh, which they probably did. And I I know you have to have someone who packages and distributes your stuff, and that's a hard thing to do, especially if you're a one man band, especially with a young daughter. Uh, so I forgive him those things. That was email was was a little heavy-handed and could have been better uh but yeah yes you can turn around the cover yes that's all true but i shouldn't have to be going through these things and i just didn't enjoy the experience anyways johnny can i can i prompt you on something that i know bothers you and is an interesting thing to talk about too sure the uh skybound baldur's gate 
Oh, fucking <laughs> goodness. That might be my actual worst purchase of yeah, the year. Yeah, that's why I was surprised that you uh, didn't say that. So I was like, hey, talk I, about that because you yelled about that. Oh, I because I put the box in my garage and I refuse to look at it right now. I've, I put my ticket in for a refund. That's how mad I was. Okay, so I love Baldur's Gate. It's one of the few PC games I get on and talk about. Like, hey, I love this. I have like an experience. Like I have memories of like playing it with my cousin and when I like finally had my own computer and it was D&D and something that was like a D&D game could be good. I was very excited for this game, uh, you know, in Baldur's Gate 2 when it came out and like the expansions and uh, like all these stupid discs you had to have because it wasn't out on DVD yet. I loved Baldur's Gate. So when I heard they were making a collector's edition for the Switch, Xbox, PS4 and all that, like, I didn't like the way they parsed the material. So they was like, they make you buy a bunch of goofy stuff to get a special box. And like, they're like, oh, here's like these four tokens. One for, because they did Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Icewind Dale. And uh, what was the other one that was in there? Uh, uh, Neverwinter Nights. Yep. And Neverwinter yeah. Nights. Yeah. So these were in there. Like, okay, cool. But like, they had a collector's box for each individual game. Or you could just pay $200 and get all four of them, but then you got like a random assortment of the stuff. So I was like, all right, this isn't exactly the talisman I want or gold coin I want or whatever, but you know, I'm just going to do it. I think like this is the right way to buy these like three games for like three games, but like one of them has two on it. Um, I was like, okay, whatever. I'll get this stupid big collector's box. It'll be big and obnoxious, but that's, that's fine. I, I love this series, so I'll be happy just to own it. Because I love this series and it means something to me. And it's uniquely like PC, like the way I love City of Heroes. Like it it doesn't come up those types of games don't come up for me very often on that on that platform. So I was excited. So what I got was a big ass box and then Chotsky box. Yeah, a big Chotsky box. The games aren't in the box. And it the games are the exact retail copies of the game. The, the retail copies of the game, which are now selling for like $25 or something. And yeah, it's just a box full of junk. The games it's aren't in the box. It's a super collector's box, Johnny. You but got all the stuff you wanted. No, it, you know what it was like? It was buying... I don't, know, I, I don't even have time for the analogy, but I was so annoyed. <laughs> I'm still annoyed thinking about like this giant box of bull metal dice and stuff. And it's a giant box in switch games aren't very big you couldn't fit them in there like really all the excess packaging you couldn't just put the games in or like change the cover or something or put not for resale on the back of them anything that distinguishes that these are this but it's not so they just they made these games like it's the laziest of the lazy it was like do you want to buy Baldur's Gate and then here's all this stuff that we would put in a, a store in the Skybound store that you would never ever buy but we'll put it under the guise of special edition and trick you so I felt tricked and uh, then the box came damaged too so there was just not one piece of this I was happy about yeah they've they've actually pulled that whole like oh well we want to make the quote unquote make the date that we gave you so we're just going to ship you the game and then we're not going to ship you the rest of the stuff um in fact like i bought the big uh 
collector's edition of Walking Dead from them, and uh, with like comes with like a statue and all that. And I got the game months and months and months and months ago. Um, I still haven't gotten that statue. That's something. In fact, they did send me a box of like tchotchke bullshit from the store, like you were mentioning, like you were mentioning, um, as a quote unquote apology for it taking so long. And even that was like two or three months ago. So um, yeah, they're not uh, they're not great at hitting their dates. Okay, so uh, does it count if there's a platform agnostic box full of AliExpress crap? Uh, and then the game is separate from that. It does no, not count as part of the set. It is count. just, it's like buying one of those Super Nintendo boxes with like a t-shirt and coasters at Walmart. Yep. Total bull. All right. Yeah. Good, I didn't good bring it up because I the worst actually, thing you bought. Yeah. I totally forgot about it because I was so mad. Yeah. That's funny. All right. All right, guys. You literally blocked it out of your head. I, like I told you, I wouldn't even keep it in the house. I was so mad at it. I just yeah, yeah. literally, literally, I'm, I'm like, Ugh. It, it's gigantic too. And I'm like, all well, the shit from Christmas in here, I can't be dealing with this right now. Get out of my house. Yeah, that was sort of like part of the reason why I uh, got way more selective on the limited run stuff is all this big box shit that I was buying. I've, I'll, I'll actually use this for the screenshot when we promote this episode. But I have the shelf in my daughter's closet that I just like pack in all these these big boxes that i just don't want to bother trying to fit in the game room because i just do not care about them <laughs> so when uh, when i realized how full that shelf was getting i uh, that's when i decided to uh, ease back a lot on the bespoke uh boutique stuff all right uh so wh- who wants to go here uh what do you what did you buy in 19 in 2019 that you're ashamed of and are you still gonna buy it this year uh i'll go uh, Tiger handhelds. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I uh, I buy them. So I, I go in in spurts, or like when like we started talking about Pirates of Dark Water a lot. I got really interested in trying to find that stupid handheld that they made for that, which I still haven't found, by the way. But, I haven't found uh, it either. I do. Uh, I do uh, buy Tiger handhelds in spurts, and I really doubt that I'll be buying them again you know, anymore or much anymore in 2020. Just because of how drastically my collecting habits have changed over 2019. But I did buy a bunch of them in 2019, and like they just sit in a basket on the floor in the game room, and occasionally people like pick through them or whatever. But yeah, I don't... That's a pretty shameful... shameful. They're garbage. Like, the screens, like, wear out. They, like, don't even work even when they do work. They're, yeah. they're just no, the it's worst. True. It's 100% true. Okay, good answer. Tyler, what about you, man? Uh, sealed video games, Johnny. Uh, and not to speculate, because I'm buying DVD games mostly. It's a little bit of fear of missing out, but it's also uh, the idea that a sealed DVD game costs barely more than an unsealed DVD game, but it is more collectible, and I it's fun to own because they're really cheap. So what I did this year is I bought... Um, I basically bought all my favorite games sealed, regardless of what they were, not like NES games. Like, I bought a first print of Uncharted 2. Uh, you can get that less than $10 shipped. Uh, and there's a lot of prints of Uncharted 2, but there, you can still get the first print of Uncharted 2. And I recognize that's not even the collectible version of Uncharted 2, because the Fortune Hunter edition is collectible. But one day, uh, I'm like, maybe I'm going to want to own my favorite game sealed one day, so I best I better get... Uncharted 2 and Metroid Prime and all this like super common worthless garbage out of the way. And uh, it's not like I'm going to be really buying a lot of sealed stuff, but uh, 
uh, cheap games. I got uh, like New Super Mario Brothers U. Talk about a game that is worthless sealed because it was a, a the, I think the bundle version is the bundle version. I, I think I have a retail version. Either way, it was like $20. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I'm super ashamed of it. I've obviously like I've never posted this stuff on Instagram. I just I like having it. You should uh, you should post it. It'll make you more relatable. I don't I don't want to be no no offense to the Wada guys. I don't want to be like lumped in as like a a lot of them are clearly speculators and maybe people who haven't played a lot of their games. And uh, he doesn't want to be part of the secret video game person. shadow Illuminati. But none does. of this stuff is like getting graded. At least like the garbage stuff. This is my life now. Okay. <laughs> Any other things you want to throw out uh, for questions about 2019 or 2020, like going forward? Uh, Anything you want to ask away to the rest of the crew? We did not go over most oh. expensive. Oh yeah, let's let's talk most expensive. This will be good for all of us. Let's Stephanie shame ourselves. Uh, let's uh, yeah, let's flog ourselves in, in front of the people. Um, Stefan, most expensive purchase this year? Oh, by far the NWC. Um, I know people like to believe that I got that for cheaper free, which now, if you're talking about today, what are you, like John where Hancock? It's, where oh. it's going crazy, then then yes, I got a I got a great deal for it objectively, but uh, but it was still really f-ing expensive. Um, so it was definitely the the biggest single purchase. That stupid power glow sign was real real close. Um, but, uh, uh but yeah, dumbest thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, but yeah, definitely the, the NWC was the single most expensive purchase. I've got a, I've got a callback to the last new year's episode. Johnny said I would find a loose Outback Joey for less than $2,000. And then Stefan Reese from the collector's quest podcast sold one to me for $2,500. <laughs> so that is the most expensive thing I bought in 2019. Nice. Um, but I was honored earlier in this recording where you said that that would have been your most, uh, like your most prized possession. It's so cool. Outback. No one has an Outback Joey. Come on. I mean, it's nowhere near as rare as like competition cards and stuff, but, uh, Outback Joey's cool. Not loose. Like it's not even that. It's such a frustrating thing. It actually is. It's so much more rare than some of the competition cards. And like like, Donkey Kong Country, I think was, uh, what? 25. Yeah. It's rarer than like Star Fox and maybe Donkey. And yeah, it's probably rarer than Donkey Kong. Um, but like like Blockbuster and Nintendo World Championships and Nintendo Campus Challenge. What was I even going to say? It's such a frustrating thing because, God, I don't care about Outback Joey, let alone a loose <laughs> cart, which is like so lame to own a loose cart of Outback Joey. But if I didn't have one, even though I don't personally consider it part of the Sega Genesis set, it would have irked me just like nonstop because I already have like stadium events, a game I might never own. And it's just like this gaping hole on my shelf and my NES stuff. And I just didn't want to feel like that about Genesis. I want to say like at least like 100% I have this loose cart Sega Genesis set. You did it. I did it. All right. Hey. Um, let's see. My most expensive purchase uh, was Magical Chase. Also <laughs> from Stefan Reese. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of hilarious, right? <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, there, there that is. Uh, you guys, Stefan and I have never talked about if he's okay saying what the price was, so uh, I'll let you say it if you want to. Uh, but yeah, also my most expensive purchase. 
There we go. Magical chase. I mean, there, there was some other stuff that came close to that though. No, like this year I bought like a few expensive things. So it wasn't yeah, like, but, but you were, but that's like, you're talking about like bulk lots and stuff though. Right. Like rather than single purchases. Cause I'm sure yeah. some of your, your game boy lots were probably there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, there, there's like, I also like, but like individual stuff is like pretty much like that and dynastic hero cost me like some money, you know, and terraforming cost me some monies. Well, it cost my wife some money. So like that, those are other purchases, like not dynastic hero so much, but uh, terraforming was like kind of, I guess dynastic hero and uh, terraforming were both over a grand. So, you know, it happens. Ooh, turbo graphics. Yep. And Stefan was so excited about it. He's like, I'm going to sell all my turbo graphics. Yeah, I was not at all excited about <laughs> oh, it. In fact, oh, Tyler didn't even know I had the set when I was I didn't, talking about it. You never talk about turbo graphics. Uh, yeah, I never. So that never that's talk. like a thing we, uh, because it was in the Christmas episode and lost uh, to the world. Uh, yeah, guys. Hey, I completed uh, my turbo graphics set now. I, I now have every turbo graphics game and all the turbo duo and CD stuff. Most all of them in boxes, except for Magical Chase and Super Volleyball. <laughs> Random. Yeah, like Super Volleyball, it's just the one I can't make myself go spend $70 on for some reason. I'm just like, I could do this. I have the game and the, the manual and everything. I just don't have the box, and I would have to buy it new for $70. And I'm like, I don't want to. I'll be grouchy about this one. So you're going to no, tell no everybody, go out and buy Super Volleyball, because it's the one game Johnny doesn't have a box for, besides Magical Chase. That's yep. one of those that you find sealed more often than you do CIB. Uh, yeah. yeah. True. You know, I think, uh, I'm almost positive last year we said that about Mountain Bike Rally Speed Racer, and that I might buy a sealed one, just because like the price difference wouldn't be there. And then the whole year, I did not see a single reasonable sealed one. So, Yeah, well, I mean... Car. It's just things have started to turn, right? Like, that's part of the problem. Uh, you know uh, what? It's probably because people have been... It's probably because of Sealed Madness. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even put that together. Yep. All right. So, yeah, that's Stefan being a problem for both you and I. So that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I am your drug dealer. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, since Tyler brought it up, let's talk about what we... Our, our goals were, according to us in the last new year's episode and what we were going to do and if we were successful. And this is something I encourage everyone who listens to like, if you can write it down or jot it down this year, it's fresh in your mind. You don't need to like do a big detail list, but in general, what were your goals for this year? Just go ahead and put that somewhere. I, I like a good thing to do it. Like it would even be a good tag on Instagram, like, you know, gaming goals, 2020, and then uh, well, just to take a picture of whatever your write-up was so you can refer back to it next year and see how you did. So that's what I want from us. We did a whole episode on it. We're doing an episode on it now. Guys, what were your goals from last year and how'd you do? Stefan, you want to tell us what yours sure. were? Sure. Well, first of all, I did not start collecting PS2, so suck it, both of you. Uh, yeah, it was, but... <laughs> we, we tried so hard. <laughs> and we're still trying. That's right. Um, so I had broken it up into 
there were six sets that I were inter- that I was interested in doing and broken those up into tier an A tier and a B tier. Uh, a tier being Dreamcast, Saturn, and Game Boy, and B tier being Master System 32X and Odyssey 2. Uh, and I wanted to do one set from the A tier and two sets from the B tier. It was kind of cheating because if you go back and listen to that episode, it, it, I totally had cheating. I finished Dreamcast kind of out of the gate that year. Um, and then, because uh, when, when was uh, Retro City Fest? Do you remember January. when that was? It was January. Yeah, but January what? Like So anyway, It was between around me the first making, of the year. It was so, like but, the weekend after New Year's or something. It was between right, right we. Then. Between me making that list on December thirty second or December thirty first, and uh, and completing the Dreamcast set was like a couple weeks at, at most. Um, so, and then also the Odyssey two set I was almost done with. So, really, things kind of stagnated there. But that was again I talked about there being a couple giant shifts in what I was into collecting. Um, and shortly after shortly after that, I really kind of stopped collecting games for the most part. Um, anyone who listens to the podcast will know that I'm very into um, gameplay count, Nintendo gameplay counselor memorabilia, and I sunk a lot into that. And I've been uh, into uh, original art recently, and I've sunk a lot into that. So I haven't really bought any game. Like, I think... If I remember correctly, I was at 79 games for Saturn at the time of that podcast, and today I am 70 away from that, so I bought a whole nine games for Saturn over the year. Um, so... One of the funniest things about listening to last year's episode was us betting on when you would complete your Saturn set, because you listed that as like one of your main goals, Yeah, and, and it, oh, you know, it was like at in the time. 2018, you bought games at such a clip where like... You're going to do that before April. This is like not even a question. And you fell off that bandwagon so hard. Yeah, so hard. Yeah, it's it was an just... amazing 180. Yeah, it was. Because you know, that was like right after PRGE. And I know you picked up like Shinobi Legions. Like you just had like all this crazy. Not uh, what well, you got Virtual Fighter Remix, I think, at PRGE. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, yeah, you were a, you were a total garbage man. And yeah. now you're not. Well, and I. uh I think I basically it comes down to like I only buy games at shows now, um, and I really only do a couple shows a year, um, and just because I feel like that's part of the sh- the experience of going to the show is like hunting games and buying games. So um, I don't like I don't shop online anymore. I don't really go into shops anymore a lot. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I just don't I don't collect a lot of games anymore, you know. And I think a lot of that was driven. Johnny and I were talking about it the other day. Where, um, you know, I'm a lot of like people collect for a lot of different reasons and weight different reasons that why they collect uh, differently. And one aspect of this hobby that I really, really weight heavily is the hunt. I just love hunting for things. And I've found things that are more and more and more difficult for me to hunt. And so as I have found more difficult things to be interested in. Um, the things that were not as difficult have sort of slowly dropped to the wayside and set collecting for video games was really kind of one of those things that was, have really toned down. Yep. Ahab has a new white whale. It's, it's, uh, this is a man who in the middle of the year had an NWC stadium events, magical chase. And he's just like, this stuff just isn't doing it for me. I got to go after that gameplay counselor stuff. That's the real hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> As 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 big a dick as that makes me sound sometimes in certain contexts, it's not it's not untrue. Like it's it's not. So you know what's never leaving it's, that it's that all. display case is the burned <laughs> Castlevania Four. Yeah, that's one of a kind. Hey, I get more questions about that than anything else. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, this is like rare and interesting. I get it. What is the, why do you have this garbage on your desk? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you still have Chase the Chuck Wagon in there? No. Oh, it's you a, took sitting it. Sitting in a, it's so a box in, box in a garage. Oh my god. Such injustice for that Atari game. Nope, that's about where it belongs. All right, Tyler, what were your goals? Uh, One of my goals was to track I am 8-bit stock of Mega Man 2 throughout the year. Uh, Let's do a quick (laughs) check. Uh, Mega Man 2 and Mega Man X are still in stock at I am 8-bit. So while supplies last, guys, there's only 8,500 of each. Uh, So go and uh, give our sponsor a look there uh, before they sell out by Christmas, which they will not do. And I am 8-bit has said such fine things about this show, such as, ouch. Uh, So... (laughs) Yeah, proud sponsors they are. Um, go on. Uh, I completed the Wii U set for a third or fourth time uh, with Axiom Verge. The Wii U set, I, I would have said like the Odyssey 2 set is the easiest set to complete probably before this because 32X, like there's a couple games that are kind of hard. Virtual Boy, like they're, like if you spend $500 in a game, it's kind of feel bad. If you spread that out over like 50 games, that's not feel bad. Uh, so I think Wii U is probably the easiest video game set in history to complete, or at least the least painful, uh, as someone who has completed it three or four times by buying the last game in the set three or four times. Uh, so that what you wasn't do, what very you exciting. The, what are you just like selling those off in bulk? What what's happening to these sets? No, no he, it's because no, like just... Axiom Verge came out and it's like, oh, now I have one sixty out of one sixty one. I gotta go oh, buy I see. Axiom I Verge. See, I, see, I, see. I thought you meant you've like built the set four times. I was like, what? No, because dude, it was like Just Dance twenty seventeen, and people were like, this is it. This is the last game on Wii U. Yeah. You got to invest. And it's like Just Dance twenty eighteen. This is it. This is the last game. And then so Axiom there, Verge, which was supposed to come out now, well huh? before. No, nope, nope. not and for then Wii U. Just Dance twenty nineteen, is... and then Axiom Verge, Johnny, get it right. Well, there there was no uh, Just Dance for the Wii U this year. There's no Just Dance 2020. It's always the, the numbers are always a year ahead. I know. Wii, that's right? what I'm saying. Though. I know. I know. One I came one out for the Wii, but not for yeah. the Wii U, which is yes. amazing. One, one of the most interesting things that's ever happened in terms of like video game sets is Just Dance 2020 coming out for the Wii, but not the Wii U. I think. Yeah. Um, th- those are some legs. Uh, I completed the cart only Genesis set. And by cart only, I mean like 99% complete in box. And if I went through my garage, I might have. Everything complete except for Outback Joey. Um, but I'm literally missing like probably less than 10 manuals and I just haven't sat down to organize it. Uh, let's see. What did I, what else did I write here? I said, I'm slowing down on sets because basic bitch prices plateaued and I'm not worried in terms of sets. That is still a true statement. Um, I'm just picking away at the SNES set when I can. I think I have less than 25 games for the SNES set. The only expensive one of those is Hagane, and I still don't care. And I've said that multiple times. So that's still true. I said that I would play Dark Souls, and uh, I didn't, but I started Demon Souls. So that's cool. I'll talk about that. Same thing. And then uh, in direct contrast to that, I said, F- 30 FPS forever. I'm never going to play another 30 FPS game in my life, uh, which is a lie because Demon Souls is a 30 FPS console exclusive. But uh, other than that, 30 fps yes oh okay just want to make sure we were still on that train oh yeah glad we could talk about frames per second you let me know when that changes there's a like a 360 hertz monitor coming out got to get those high refresh rates 60 fps is so 2007 guys catch up okay 
doing it. I'm, do, I'm trying right now. I, I don't seem to be able to. I did okay with my goals. I, I pretty much did what I said I would do. I said I was going to work on completing Turbo and try and finish that off. And hey, I did. It came in the uh, 11th hour or 12th month, but I, I did it. We got there. And um, I said I was going to work on PlayStation 1, and I, I'm i almost there on that, too. I said, I said I'm like, I'm going to buy less games this year and I'll spend less you- money. Incorrect. Did not... Did not stick to that goal at all. Failed. That's a fail. Um, all right. Yeah, it winds up being a rather expensive year for me instead of a not so expensive year for me. Um, so, yeah. Still probably that, fewer games though, right? Like, because I oh, feel like yeah, your yeah, price was, per game is is a lot higher than normal. Yes. Um, it, price per game up, quantity down. Though 2018 or uh, 2000. 19 for me or 2018 going into 19 was a much was a pretty slow year and I you know I had all that fear of my my child being born and everything so I did like kind of shut off for a while um so that year is like kind of dominated by that so that's not like an actual great comparable so I have to go back to 2017 uh, if I want to look at quantity also, I didn't like get involved with any other big sets. I was already doing PlayStation when I was already deeply invested at that time. And um, I didn't do something like say, oh, I think I'm going to start Wii and buy 700 games. Start Wii? Yeah. Remember, well, I did that when I'm like, I'm going to do this Wii set. And then that year I bought 774 Wii games. That was 2016. Just so. for our listeners sake, he did not pull that number off the top of his head. We literally talked about that before the show. Yes, correct. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm ruining the illusion that you're a human database. I'll cut uh, that. No, no, you can leave that in there. I tell people keep a database and keep a list, so you don't have to remember things. I wish I tracked my spending better, just from a, just because I'm interested in in that. But uh, at the same time, I am also a little bit happy that I don't track my <laughs> expenditures to the letter so that I uh, don't make myself feel bad all the time. Yeah, you won't need to be shamed by others if you just keep a list of what you bought and how much you spent on it. And then you're just like, oh my God, I spent how much on what now? Oh God, why? Ugh, stop it, Johnny. So, all right. Yeah, that was, uh, so yeah, 2019 went as about expected except for Suddenly, a huge influx of Game Boy games, which I didn't expect to buy. Uh, but it's funny. If you like look at all of my years, there's always a chunk of where I just go, I'm going to buy, start buying some Game Boy stuff right now and some GBA stuff. Because I always like that stuff, but I, I never go hard at it. But uh, there, I always have these pockets each year where I do it. Though this year, uh, I did go considerably harder than I had any other year at Game Boy. And I'm not even going for the set. That's not even a goal. So, Johnny, I remember, I remember a, a fairly recent secret shame of yours that pleased me quite a bit. Sure. Was uh, when when you bought that uh, Harry Potter plaque. I was very, I was. Very oh yeah, what, did we talk about that? <laughs> no, or was I don't that think in the lost did. episode? I don't think, no, I don't, I don't think, think we did. I don't think you talked about it. Yeah, jo- I did. Johnny, yeah, from ahead. Super Nintendo. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I bought I bought the plaque. The developer like, hey, you worked on this game plaque. Uh, I bought that for. Chamber of Secrets and Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone. For what yeah. versions of the game? Uh, 
PC and GBA, I think. PC. Johnny the <laughs> PC gamer. I love yeah. it. When, so, jo- when Johnny told me he bought those, I felt like that was like the first time that I really felt like I was influencing my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then Towers feels really good about like, because I bought like a lot of import games this year. And that, yeah. so that was like a weird thing that like, I, I but that was more for Halloween stuff that I bought that. But also all those import uh, Super Nintendo games I bought. Oh, all yeah, like, you're doing that thing. All 10 of them. Well, we'll talk about whether I'm still doing it or not when we talk about what our outlook for 2020 is. Woo! Uh, yeah. Uh, I bought some import games, too, because I hang out with Red the Game Shark. Yep. Yep. If you hang out with Red the Game Shark, he will sell you some games. He's got great <laughs> deals. Come on down to Red the Game Shark Town and get them cheap, cheap games. That's just that's a bullet point for me every episode now, just making sure that we get a name drop in there. Check there we go. Did it. All right. So personal message to Red the Game Shark. He got in my sweet home and my uh, splatter house that are complete. And I asked him for a price. And he said my firstborn child and six hundred sixty six dollars. And I thought he was half serious. And I'm like, what am I out of touch on the prices of these games? And then he said, oh, no, I was wrong. It's a thousand dollars. And he hasn't got back to me again. So, Red, can you please send me a, a real <laughs> price for these games so I could buy them from you? Thanks. And if he if he gives them to me, I'll take them to your wedding. Oh yeah! All right, great. That'll be another wedding gift next to uh, Fifty Cent Bulletproof. Yep. <laughs> that Stefan's bringing. Which one's for Ada? Um, Ada's more into horror than Fifty Cent. I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, and I don't think she likes uh, the uh, subtitled movies as much as me. So I'm gonna go with Splatterhouse Wampaka Graffiti because we all do right. like Friday the Thirteenth a lot. Okay. Good to know. All right. Did we did we all say what our goals were? I think we did. All right, we did it. Yeah. Okay. Hey guys, we're doing it. Now let's talk about what uh what the outlook for twenty twenty is. And we don't have to spend too long it and then we can talk about where we think gaming will be. Like personally let's talk about it, and then let's talk about where we see gaming. So uh Stefan, what uh sure. What are you trying to do for 2020? Oh, but before we even get there, didn't you buy an F ton of Wii U games this year? I did. Or last year? Zero. That, you know what? That was kind of a secret shame, too, because I posted that. It, I'm like, I don't know why I did this. Wii U was good. No, it, you had the switches it, out Ninten- now, Nintendo. First Nintendo, like a bunch of first party stuff. You, could, you can't go wrong there. You did it. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was for the Wii, in the context of the Wii U set, it was a good selection of Wii U games. So yay for that. But still, and it was at a, a very good price. But uh, so, I, I mean, it, it, it's not a bad buy by any means, but it was really one of those, like, I don't understand why I did this in the context of what I'm normally doing now. It just made no sense for me to, yeah, for me was, to buy them. It was, it was so 2018 of you. That's right. So. It really was. Okay. Uh, but all right. Now we're talking about 2020. Uh, sure. What, what are you going to do this year? Let's, let's see how we can be wrong again. Let's go. Um. No, I think I think this is so I talked about kind of two shifts uh, from last year. And the first shift was when I started collecting gameplay counselor stuff. And the second shift was when I started collecting original art for Nintendo Power, uh, which is what I'm really been focusing on almost 100 percent as of actually this last October. So that how that happened was um, 
I was in going through um, and contacting people about uh, gameplay counselor stuff, I had met a gameplay counselor who then, after being a counselor, went and started drawing for Nintendo Power Magazine. And so I bought a bunch of his original art, and then it kind of opened me up to this art world of Nintendo Power Magazine. And it never really occurred to me that any of this would still exist, and quite a bit of it does. Uh, so it's just again, very difficult to find. And that's one of my passions is the hunt. And so I've gotten this this new drive to hunt for original art for Nintendo Power. Um, and the just like I did with the gameplay counselor stuff, I'm going to start doing pop-up museums uh, with the art. Um, the first one being the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo uh, the weekend of March 27th of this year. So that'll be the first time that the collection will be shown. Um, there will be over 100 individual pieces of Nintendo gameplay or Nintendo uh, Power art there. So that's what I am on fire for right now and most excited for. Um, and I will probably continue that passion well into 2020. Nice. And uh, no gaming sets? Are, are you going to go back and finish anything? Or like you're going to leave it undone? What are you doing there? Um, Tyler and I were talking about this the other day. I think, you know, the more I look at the sets that I didn't complete, the less enthusiastic I am. Like the sets that I have, I love like and like the NES set's not going to go anywhere. The Super Nintendo set's not going to go anywhere. The Genesis set is is amazing too. Um, so like the big sort of like nostalgic uh, sets that I already own, I'm definitely keeping. There's not I'm not going to start breaking them up. Uh, the only the exception to that was Turbo Graphics, and that was because a because it was you. Uh, and B, because I don't really have an emotional collection connection to TurboGrafx. I just did it because it was there to do at the time. Um, the, the 3DO set's also not going to get touched. Um, but things like Saturn, I may end up parting out because I just don't have a drive to complete it. A Master System, I'm just not really into. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of purging of like my half sets just because of A, space, and B, I just don't care. Um, so I love the stuff that I've done so far with games and my sets are going to remain, but, um, but there'll probably be a lot of purging of like my half done sets in 2020. All right. That's, uh, I'm curious to see what else you'll get rid of or if you'll tackle any other set. Like, do you think you'll finish the Wii U set or do you, will you leave that alone or will you come back to it? So the problem is with the sets now, one of the biggest factors in it is that because I am so on fire uh, for the uh, Nintendo Power art and it's so haphazard, like I never know, like tomorrow someone could like roll up with a cover or like, you know what I mean? Like, so there it's, it's so unpredictable what my monetary needs are going to be. I am, I am completely terrified all the time that if I spend a significant amount of money on games, that I'm going to miss an opportunity for the art, which is what I'm really passionate about right now. So that's why, I mean, I forego even great deals on things right now. I'm just like, nope, I can't do it because I'm terrified that I'll miss out on something that I really love because I spent money on something dumb or not dumb, but just like not a priority for me. All right. Um, follow up on that. Uh, is there any set that you haven't done that was like still in your list that you have any even not what well, I'm saying it not necessarily a priority to you at this point at all, but is there anything like do you still have any tickle like because you were you were pretty hot 
not for Saturn, but for Game Boy. That was like a thing we talked about. Like, are you, do you have any of that tickle still? Or is that like, is all, are all those neurons dead there? Stefan, Lo- we really want you to collect sets. <laughs> loose, <laughs> loose Game Boy is probably the only thing that has any sort of chance, especially because it is like a loose set. And I feel at, like as we, as the sealed, collecting continues to you know take fervor and people are caring less and less about carts that game boy might get even more affordable than it already is so like if it's easy right and so if it gets to the point where it's just like i can do it on a lark or maybe that's something like i said i do kind of buy games at conventions just because i feel like it's part of the experience so maybe that's like my oh yeah i'm just gonna like buy some loose game boy games at a show like that that i can see how I can see me finishing the set that way, just picking stuff up at shows, you know, for relatively inexpensive. Um, yeah, because you're but, probably never going to spend too much money there. Right, but spending the like eight thousand dollars or whatever the f- I need to complete Saturn, that's not going to happen. Okay, that was all I wanted to know because you had the most dramatic shift out of any of us. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right, um, Tyler, what about you? Uh, so last year I created a really organized want list uh, for the first time. So I, I always like had like I used my want list on Game Teasy a little bit just to like keep an idea of like, all right, these are like the hundred big box PC games that I will ever want. These are the only ones, stuff like that. Uh, this year I made a an Excel sheet that or a Google sheet that uh, is organized and I gave a one through seven priority value to everything. And it wasn't like static. So uh, Ninja Gaiden 3 is a great example Uh, When Sealed Madness started, I had that as a seven. I'm like, I need to buy this right now or it's going to explode, whether it's a bubble or not, but I'm not going to be able to get it. And then a few months ago, a Ninja Gaiden 3 sold on Heritage Auctions for like $1,900. It's like a $500 game or before that sale, it was like a $500 game. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know if you guys have heard. I love Ninja Gaiden 3. And I'm like, you know, if that's... (laughs) If there's one thing, thing I'm going to buy into with Sealed NES Madness, it'll be a Ninja Gaiden 3. But once that went for $2,000, I just immediately I put it to like a one. It's like, well, if it's going to be there, I don't need it right now. So just put it out of my mind. I'm not paying anywhere near that much for it. Uh, so uh, right now, a really good thing is I have nothing from five to seven right now, which is really cool. I could just coast. I don't feel a fire under my ass to buy anything. The things I am going to do in 2020... I'm almost I have to complete my SNES set, the loose one. That that just seems like a given considering how few games I have. And then I'm probably going to keep buying complete and box Nintendo stuff like my favorites, uh Capcom and Konami stuff, like the good stuff that I still don't have complete. I'm going to focus on that. And the stuff I'm going to chip away at, it, kind of the same stuff I've been doing, uh, Atari 2600, PlayStation and PC. All right. All uh all the favorites. But are any of those sets are like, are you going to try and do the PS one set? We we've talked about it on previous episodes, but do you still think that's like something you want to accomplish? Uh, I think a year is a long time and I will eventually get the urge to buy a lot of video games. And when I need to do that, I think PlayStation is where I'm going to turn. Okay. Didn't you, you just recently bought quite a bit of it, right? I, I yes I I went crazy in like November especially with Black Friday sales I started buying like dozens and dozens of PlayStation games and then at the end it's like great there's a thousand left. Tyler and I are single handedly responsible for the the slight uptick in general <laughs> PS One prices uh, over the last month and a half. I one hundred percent believe that to be true. 
So and then I got I got a list of like all the kind of like these weird thirty dollar games that I should buy right now, and I just I haven't really felt the need to buy them. Also, um, I am broke because I just bought Zelda, which is like my budget, and then I have a wedding and a honeymoon coming up. So really, besides Zelda, I have bought nothing, um, and I don't have anything that's like super burning. Like if I don't buy this, like the price is going to increase or something like. I'm not worried about the PlayStation set. I'm not worried about Atari 2600 games increasing in price. Uh, PC games are PC games, which are their own weird thing. So I'm not like really feeling like the FOMO burning desire that like I have to have things right now, which is an awesome feeling. I love feeling like I don't have to buy video games as as a sickly psychological need. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, that that space where you thought you would never be able to fill like kind of got full. And uh, you're like, oh, this is satisfaction. This is knowing I can go on. Whew, I gotta get more shelves. I got. I don't have enough space to hold all this stuff, Johnny. Oh my god. Now let's let's pretend. Let's go to Magical Christmas Land and uh, put like ten x. You suddenly have ten more empty shelves. Do you think all of a sudden you you will feel the need to fill those shelves, or would you be comfortable staring at them empty? I haven't. I haven't stopped buying as a result of space. Um, so I have a bunch of new shelves put up. I'm sitting right next to a shelf that I've started moving all my complete stuff uh, over to because it is very haphazard and all the complete stuff is very nice and uniform when you put it on its side and you could store a lot of it. Um, and now I have three new Billy bookcases in the guest room that are almost completely empty. So I haven't, uh, I, I do still have a lot of room, but uh, I, I you can't buy with, the thought that you're going to fill stuff because uh, uh, you'll fill it really quickly and then you'll be out of room again. Yeah. But Okay. I, I just want, I just want to know if some people can't look at an empty bookcase. So oh I was just god. curious. No, I look, are you kidding? I look at it and I'm like, Oh my God, life is great. I could do anything. My problem is that uh, I need to do like a real big spring cleaning. Cause I've got like games double stacked on a bookcase in my game room just because like, I ran out of room in the game room and now stuff is starting to kind of like spread out into the garage and all over the place. So uh, I got to do a spring cleaning to figure out how much space I actually have left. Okay. So uh, those are some good goals. Anything else you want to add on it? Uh, No, just kind of something that happened in 2019 was first print madness. Uh, we might talk about it, uh, but it got me thinking about uh, similar to... Um, how like, oh, I don't have my favorite games. I don't have like Super Metroid. What the hell is going on? Uh, I've been thinking about getting more historical stuff that I find interesting. Uh, not like sealed Contra. I don't think there's anything historic about a sealed Contra because a shrink wrap is not part of history. But, you know, like uh, the first Famicom print of Mario, I don't think I had complete in box. And, you know, it's a $20 game. It will be a $20 game until I die. I don't care how collectible it is. <laughs> I don't care how expensive it is. Uh, I've been going for stuff like that. Uh, having also uh, at, thinking about this stuff has led me towards more expensive stuff. Um, I, I want Microsoft Adventure, which is the first IBM PC game or one of the first two. It's a port of Colossal Cave Adventure. Uh, I just think that's super cool. Also, not super rare, but it, it's like a hundred, two hundred dollars. Um, just like stuff like that. That no, I'm not going to get any Instagram likes for it because it's not seen as like the high end stuff to have, but. I'm thinking about more historical stuff, definitely. Okay, awesome. I, I look forward to see seeing if we uh, if we get there this year. 
for myself, my goals are very similar to 2018. Uh, part of my goal this year for 2020 is to maybe not spend as much money as I did this year. So maybe slow down a touch on at least video games. Uh, I would like to complete PS1 for sure. I want to keep chiseling away at the uh, the PAL import stuff for Super Nintendo. And my goal in regards to PAL, I've said, but I want to get anything that was not released for Super Nintendo in America. So PAL exclusives and Japanese games that also were in Europe. And why am I excluding Japanese stuff? It's because you're not, a racist. Yes, that's it. Um, it's not arbitrary. It's not like, oh, I don't want to buy the Japanese stuff. It's because it's Super Famicom in Japan, but in Europe, it is still a Super Nintendo. And Super Nintendo is still my hands down favorite set. And I like to buy Super Nintendo stuff. I just, and that's why I didn't like go super hard and buy all of them. I want to just parse it out. It was like when I finished the Super Nintendo set, I went back and I bought some players' choices and then. I bought a bunch of variants because I like to buy Super Nintendo stuff. It It's comfort food. So I want to be able to have something I can still buy. Though shipping is just... You guys know how I feel about shipping. Anyways, it's always going to be in a bubble mailer. And then when it's coming from Europe, it's like, how do you protect yourself on that? Like, it, it is kind of a nightmare. It's like the thing I love the most and also the most stressful thing to think about shipping on like i have a game right now that i bought on december 3rd which still isn't here and i don't think it's ever arriving and it's a shame because it was a game i spent some i got a good deal on and i spent some money on and uh, that game is days before christmas and i wanted it to be my christmas post but that didn't happen and it's lost and the seller's like oh well why don't you give me 15 more days to contact dhl and i'm just like please just Please just let's put in the claim and I promise I will pay you. If it shows up at my door, I will pay you back. Like I won't, I'm not that guy who would be like, sweet, I, I got a deal. But it's also like, it's not in DHL system. You put in the tracking number and nothing happens. Like it shows it going through Germany, but after that, nothing. So anyways, I, I'm going to. Nightmare gonna, before ships miss. Part two. It was, uh, yeah, I, all right. I pushed for a part two. Yeah, well, we didn't I, have the shipping's content. Shipping's great. I don't have any shipping horror stories. Yeah. So uh, those are going to be kind of where I see myself going. Like the PS1 stuff is, I'm almost there. I think I'm under 100 games now on PS1. So mm. I so I don't know if I'll like go back and like do the greatest hits or anything like that. But um, I bought all the collector's editions. That was like one of the things I bought. Um, so I, I completed that little set, little subset so eh, the rest of the rest of this year is going to be, I hope mellow. I, I like, I'm going to buy stuff at shows. I'll buy like some cool PS2 games that I don't have that, that I like. And, but I don't think there's any more sets. I'll still buy some Game Boy games and some GBA stuff, but uh, that's where I kind of see it going, but hopefully winding down. But we'll talk about what I say winding down, but let's talk about like later what our numbers are, like how many games we think we bought this year versus so like, so we can contextualize what winding down means for people. Uh, because it are is, we winding down? 
Well, I am. I don't know if you are. You you said this year was expensive for you and you don't have money. So it sounds like a wind down year for you, not like you're quitting. Well, this is the end like of last year. Like this between Zelda and then my wedding, which I've been buying stuff for for a couple months. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm winding wedding... down because I'm getting married and going to Norway. Well, and that's those are all good reasons not not to spend money on games. So I'm just curious. Like what you think your numbers like? You think your game numbers will be up via la- from last year or down? Uh, I'm trying to think of what I even bought. You bought a bunch year. of Famicom garbage. I did not buy a bunch <laughs> of Famicom garbage. I bought specific yeah. Famicom discs. No, system you games. did not buy oh. specific. Oh, you went through and clicked games you did not own to improve your shipping rate. Remember, Johnny? Remember when he bought a bunch of empty PC boxes? Yep, I sure do. <laughs> Are you talking about Grand Theft Auto? Auto. <laughs> I bought one box print. and then I found the disc I for it. I did complete it. Stefan said I would never do it, but I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> how do I look at my edit history on Google Docs? I'm going to find out how many games I bought this year because it's probably an embarrassing amount. Well, 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 he does that. I'll answer, Johnny. Uh, so, Good. I mean, obviously my... Game count, like I said, is coming to almost a screeching halt, where in 2019 I bought, or really 2018, but like early parts of 2019 as well, I bought plenty of games. Um, But uh, having said that, I think the amount of money that I spend on my hobby, because even though I'm not buying games, I still consider it really the same generalized hobby. Um the amount of money is going up exponentially. This is 2019 was the, I have never spent more on the hobby in a year than I have in 2019. That is so, I mean, that's so weird. The year you bought Nintendo world championships is the year you spent the most money on video. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. If you backed out NWC, is that the same with that fiber optic sign that I keep talking about? Uh, it's still a very high number, but, and then with these art pieces, you know, per piece it's you know on some things like if it's like you know the spot illustrations are not as expensive um but or like depending on whether or not i buy them buy something from an artist versus from a collector i'm gonna pay exponentially more right um or whether or not the artist uh you know commercial artists tend to value their work very differently because sometimes i'll get a deal where they just want to they just care about the time that it takes takes for them to make a piece so they charge me like per like a dollar 50 per square inch i've gotten that deal before from an artist uh or um you know 10 percent of what i was originally commissioned for because you know obviously understanding that i'm not a um an entity right i'm not monetizing their art um they'll you know if they paid 6500 or if they got paid 6500 dollars to do a painting then they're charging me 650 dollars for it you know things like that but um, but then sometimes someone does have a very clear, um, you know, fingers on the pulse of the collecting aspect of this and will charge, you know, will want like, you know, $10,000 for a single, a single spot illustration, which obviously I can't do. Um, so, so, but, so the cost varies wildly uh, per item, but, you know, there's each, each one is, you know, a, a, a an investment um, that is much, much higher than typically any game that I've bought, aside from like stadium events or NWC. Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean, that's in line with where you've been. Um, 
so you like for sure you think this will be the least amount of games you've ever bought in a year yes okay. absolutely i'm really excited about the numbers i'm about to share okay let's um, get in do you want to get into numbers let's move into the numbers oh is that part. i didn't even know that was part of the yeah episode. yeah that, i was going to talk but i'm glad you've got some and then we're going to talk about what I, our predictions are what Stephen? well Oh, no, man, I was gonna this is say, awkward. We're gonna have to edit I, so much I, of this. No, I was gonna say I, I I do have a few numbers that I that I just kind of did table math on here. Do your numbers. Um, You've been going first this whole episode. All right. Uh, so between the sign and the um and the stadium event or the sign and the NWC, um, I spent about twenty five thousand dollars. So, Ooh, um, yeah. So on those two purchases. So <laughs> so then if you put you know in addition to what I've uh, I spent on the gameplay counselor stuff and on um, on some of the art that I bought in the later part of the year. I'm probably around forty thousand dollars for the year. God damn! Yeah, I'm really happy. I don't yeah. know how much I spend because I don't track that, but uh, it is nowhere near that. So awesome! You could you but, could go and you could like look at the total of your Yahoo auctions for the year. You could look at the total of your eBay purchases for the year, and then you could look up all of your email receipts from like JJ Games. <laughs> I will say also this was probably the, the that was probably 2019 was probably my biggest year for selling key pieces too in order to finance that forty thousand dollars. So you know it wasn't. That wasn't new money out of pocket, or the vast majority of that wasn't new money out of pocket. That was recycling things from the collection. Okay. All right. Yeah, like uh, I heard you sold me and Johnny some uh, really expensive things. There you go. See? That doesn't even pay for the sign. But like I said, I, I, that, I bought that sign because I sold the other one. Um, so, yeah. you know, that, was, that helped, you know. You mean that helped you buy other things? Correct. That again. That that got just like sunk back into the, to the that forty thousand dollar number. I don't like it. Stop it. <laughs> no, you. Uh, I don't have any good answers to that, or things to say. All right, uh, Tyler. Uh, I bought about six hundred fifty games this year, which is I think is that's what you bought, right, Johnny? Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, I was close. Uh. How many Famicom games do you think I bought, Johnny? I think you bought 100. I bought 29 Famicom games. And it was all in one day. <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> it all came in one shipment. Were they, are From you Red the Game Shark. Disc system? Are you, are no, you being Yamatoko like clever? Classic. Uh, so I don't know because this was the year that I split Famicom Disc System out from my Famicom list because I'm like, why do I keep these together? This is a nightmare. Uh, so I... I, so actually, I saw that I, I, my number went from 277 to 282 because that's how many uh, my total from a year ago to now. And I'm like, oh, I only bought five games. And then I'm like, oh, I have 24 Famicom disc games. I was really sad about that. Ha. Yeah. There isn't really. Oh, oh, a ton of SNES. I guess I bought about a, a 180 SNES games. That was big. And then the other one was a PlayStation. I bought uh, about. 200 playstation games those are the the really big jumps other than that just kind of spread out everywhere you know buying two games every day of my life that's a that's a pretty sensible thing to do it when you put it like really that, it like so much of that was like literally november black friday playstation sales just and snes jj games lots it makes a big difference when you're like oh this was uh this this was two games a day. 
for a year. It, it makes it feel so much worse. It really does. You're like, oh, I, stop saying it. I bought 600 games. That doesn't sound too crazy. What if that I sounds told really crazy? What if I told you as a kid that you were going to have two new games delivered to you every single day? You would go, what is happening in this world? And thank you. It just depresses me like to think like, why couldn't I send all of this back in time? It's not fair. It doesn't matter that like the PlayStation games I'm buying, like it was just like every sports game I didn't have that was on JJ games. Like as a kid, I played Madden. I played NHL games like there, there was no like stigma to playing a sports game. It was a new video game. Yeah, that... it's only now, like after 20 years of getting it hammered into my face, it's like, yeah, these are all the same. I don't need to buy these anymore. But still, as a kid, I would have been like out of my mind. Yeah, well, I mean, we gotta do Tyler. You can't go back in time. Uh, yet. yet. Any? Do you have any other cool numbers to share, Johnny? I mean, I I have all of my numbers. We, uh, we wanna. Right. You wanna talk about? something i did i bought 336 games so i didn't quite hit my game a year number which uh like last year in 2019 it was 336 2018 it was 333 but in 2017 it was 1209 and in 2016 (laughs) it was 1620 so like these last two years i'm telling you i've been like my lowest like even 2012 was 394, 2000, I'm sorry, 2013 was 394, 2012 was 1165. And like what slowed me down in uh, 2013 was not, was not really the number. It was the cost per game because I was buying a bunch of, a bunch of expensive stuff. I was buying Super Nintendo games that year, boxed. 2011 was like 500. So since I started collecting, though these two years have been my lowest years since uh, 2000. Uh, yeah, yeah, since John, 2008. You have everything. You can't buy giant lots of things if you're not willing to go balls deep into the Wii again. I, I know. I know. And, and that's another reason people are like, why do you say you're slowing down? It's like, well, like I don't love everything. I'm not going to go do a complete PS2 set. I don't know if I'll ever go and finish Wii or Xbox, even though I'm close on both of those. So it's it's hard for me to keep my numbers up. But it's interesting to see such a precipitous drop, you know, because even all those other years, I thought, oh, I have everything. How what could I keep buying? Oh, I found stuff. I, I, I found hundreds and hundreds of things to still buy. Right. So there's always uh, more. You know, where there's always, always more Johnny. What? PC games. Ooh, There's always more for you. Pass, hard pass. <laughs> um, also, I just realized that the main thing I bought last year was complete in box NES, SNES, and N64 games, uh, which I already had all of, so they wouldn't have made a dent on my list because it just counts like the game once. Uh, so I probably bought a lot more than 600 games. Okay, a lot, I, a lot more. Um, a lot more. I don't know how many because I don't keep statistics like you. Okay. Uh, my average cost per game this year was $33. So if you want to math that out, I roughly spent uh, $11,000 this year on video games. So if you're a sane person, what this looks like, uh, it, uh, it looks like I'm an insane person because 
I'm getting like a game a day and I'm spending a thousand dollars a month, which is a stupid <laughs> amount of money to be spending on video games. When I contextualize it on that, I'm like, uh, I don't know if we could afford a bigger house. Well, I could stop buying video games and I could definitely afford a bigger house for all my video games. The paradox that that is. Um, <laughs> I'm like, can can we really afford Netflix and Hulu at the same time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, I've like looked at my Netflix and my Hulu as well. I'm like, nah, I could probably cut one of these. Um, I think I'm gonna cut the cord on cable. I'm wasting so much money here. Uh, yikes! My, my wife, I'm like, stop buying hot chocolate at Starbucks. We have it at home. I just sound like an. Uh, so. Yeah. I will let Ada buy whatever she wants, and I hope she's listening to me edit, because Ada, you can buy whatever you want, because I'm a problem. Ada, I want a Tesla. Buy me a Tesla. It's her she's... money. She needs a new car. Oh, my God. Oh, another reason I'm broke. I had to, like, my brakes locked up. I had to replace my brakes, and I want money, Johnny. I need more money. Uh, Don't you, you and me both, pal. Like my stocks, my stocks went down because, ah, well, more money. I, you know, <laughs> we, we can sit here and say this, but after I just said those numbers, like most of our audience has zero sympathy for us. And then there's another portion of our audience who's like 11,000. That's not very much. That's like really reasonable. You did a good job. I spent that on a punch out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Like <laughs> that's a, even so, like when it. They, even at my like forty thousand dollar number, there's people out there. That, we were talking about them before the podcast. Just like there's people there that just shrug at that, which is just yeah. Well, but see, I don't have the money that those people have. Um, I should not be spending that much money a year on games. So yeah, that was uh, that's what happened. I I like to. I don't think I've done the come clean part of the New Year's episode. I don't think I did it last year because the my database was down and I had to like repair it and I did a really bad job for a while. So I had to spend a lot of free time getting this thing back to where it should be. So it, it's restored and hopefully 2020 will be a better year for the database. Um, but yeah, I did like a come clean episode in 2017 and that was like, you know, that was a dumb year too. That was just like, I spent, I got 1200 games, but spent less money so whoops uh that but that's how video game collecting goes so don't yeah. get into this hobby if this is your first episode of collector's quest you should hear all of this and be like what is wrong yeah. with these people <laughs> you should i'm gonna do anything pogs. else yeah like i just buy fossils you know what listen to reserved investments he'll tell you what to buy yeah coins oh. and currency Coins, currency, historical documents, first edition collectible books, and art. Yep. Do take it. a shot. Every time you hear that, take a shot. Um, All right. Uh, do I mean, I don't know how many more numbers you want. Do you want to know, like, what system I bought the most games for? Like, what do you want to know? I mean, I've told you what I've I want to know whatever you think year. is interesting, Johnny. Um, well, I, I mean, thought it was I, interesting that I only bought 29 Famicom games when you accused me of buying every Famicom game. Okay, well, you'll tell us, you'll give us a breakdown of what your games look like, what you bought the most for each system. Um, I bought mostly Game Boy games. I bought 124 of them. So that was like a good piece. Uh, the second... Were, were all of those uh, CIB? C, uh, no. Some of them were like, I had the cart and bought the box, or I had the box and bought a cart. So... But not there wasn't too many. At least a hundred of them were CIB. So there's that. And um, 
I bought 165 PlayStation games. That's like the bulk of it. Then there's like a bunch of random stuff. There's like 14 GBA games, two Game Boy Color, one Game Gear game, three Intellivision games. What the hell is yeah. that about? Uh, two Atari Lynx games. Yeah. Three NES games, which is weird, like, because I have my NES games, but like. What the hell did you buy for the NES? Uh, oh. Xmas. No, no. Actually, one of my favorite purchases of the year, which I didn't talk about, because I like kind of want to keep it for next Halloween. But uh, monster in my pocket. Ah, oh, with the yeah. uh, with yes, the dude. With the dude. <laughs> it was years ago that I called you out on that. I know, and I've been wanting it ever since, and I finally found a good deal on it. Um, good-ish deal. Let's not let's not be crazy. But I haven't sold the not other one. Not a lot of NES deals to be had in 2019. No. And like, I'm keeping the other one. I'm like, I should sell this one and just get like a hundred dollars. But I'm like, well, no, save it. Cause if you find one of them in the other color, you'll want to buy it. And then you can complete this one that cause I'm sick and that's how <laughs> sick people talk. Um, but yeah, I like two PlayStation two games. I bought one dreamcast game cause I had to get the first print of choo choo rocket. <laughs> what? Yeah, we affect each other. I love it. Yeah, oh. about I think about, we. I think the three of us affect each other more than any other aspect of the hobby. Yeah, I bought one Sega Master System game that was Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I bought seven Super Nintendo games, but those were uh, foreign titles of you know European stuff, and three Turbo Duos, two Turbo Graphics sixteen, and one Virtual Boy game, and that was. Uh, in's mouth though yakara so anyways that's what i bought uh, not everyone's gonna find that part particularly interesting but that's how my game shake out there guys and gals so this podcast yeah. boring why would i listen to a guy list all the stuff he bought the year come on um i don't know like i don't think it's particularly interesting we probably lost a bunch of our audience it's Let like my know. favorite part when i listen to podcasts like if i'm listening to dollar dorks or something when they just talk about what they bought i'm like yeah i want to know what the other people are buying I do what, too. What's the word I, on the street? That's why I always have the, like, what did you buy part? Because that's the part I'm curious about. Tell me what people are buying. I want to know. It's like the best, like, I'm not into gossip unless you're telling me about what games you're buying. I'm like, ooh, dish yeah, it, like, girl. Where are you putting your money? What is, yeah. What's valuable to you? Yeah. I love it. Well, like, and we do know that we, we do know that we have a, a certain percentage of the fan base who, like, do listen to us and then make buying decisions and take notes uh, like literally Reese, take notes yes <laughs> so yeah. uh it's like if notes, you people, take yeah. notes and you just need some of these numbers it's like just message me i'll just send you an excel sheet uh so much easier anyways um i wanted to talk about some other numbers too unless you have more numbers tyler i wanted to talk about 10-year numbers decade numbers oh boy and this is only based on video game price charting okay which i think is like a terrible graph but everyone's like man games really took a shit this year and gaming is over stop buying carts even i've said that but i've been saying that for a long time you know let's look at video game price charting real quick on a few things and i you know because i was curious like how bad is it because sealed gaming is all the rage right like we all know is sealed gaming like black box stuff is this the where the future goes are we going to start to see a bunch of like high-end super nintendo stuff this year don't answer those questions yet we'll talk about it in a minute um but that 
was making me think like what actually happened. So if, and this is only loose prices, which is like garbage pricing anyways. In 2010, <laughs> if you were buying loose NES games, you were paying on average $7 a game. And right now the average cost is $26 a game. This is loose. And at a high over this 10 year period, it was in 2018 at $27. So that's, that's how far down we are from the from the top. One dollar. I th- I mean I don't think there hasn't been a decline in anything. I think it's been more of a holding pattern for like three years now. Yeah, it's, um, it's I'm, much I'm not wider. saying I think that you can just look at literally any graph of almost any console. Things have been going nowhere, yeah, um, been which flat. is fine. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's one of the things that makes me like hesitant when I see people like all in on the euphoria. Like, oh yeah, games are the next big thing like okay it's only sealed games because like everyone else is just uh, like chilling out here uh for the past three years but i I don't know i i mean i'm not i can't predict speculative markets so uh i could say that it is um it is much more relaxing to be in a card only and complete in box market where prices are not moving up every month uh it definitely makes me feel like i don't have to buy things as much it does it take some of the pressure off of you. But um, I, I've got some more systems to go on. You guys can comment on these. Super Nintendo starting out at $9 back in 2010 and finishing up here at $21 with a peak being actually in 2017 at 20 or 2018 back in uh, May of 2018. We were at $24 on average for a cart and now we're down $3 from that. But you know, again, it's a plateau from like 2000, from mid 2016 to the end, it, it goes from $22 to $21. So there's a three year span where it's a slight decline, but not much is happening there. And I also looked at the Saturn. 2010 Sega Saturn, whew, on average $17 a game. And then when Saturn prices were going crazy in 2017, it was $33. That was the high uh, uh. <coughs> on average. And now down to $23 a game. That one does have like a, a pretty big dip. So Saturn is one of those ones. Like, remember when Saturn was just like, you can't miss on Saturn. And then it just stopped. And I don't know what happened, but people just collectively just said, we've had enough Saturn and we're over it. Well, I mean, like Saturn was already known as like the expensive console. And if everything is increasing in price more, like there's only so much people will take. So... I know. I mean, I just think it's insane that it just kind of fell off a cliff a little bit there, like just stopped like everyone. I mean, it's always been known as that and it was always desirable. And then all of a sudden, whatever that just the shift from the collective mind just said, nope, we're not into this anymore. So during- I mean, was it a fad? Is it like uh, is it like Sonic the Hedgehog first print? I don't, or black box games, like they're going to have like these spikes in popularity and then people are going to move on or like not maybe move on. But, you know, it, it, it had its peak and now like there's the new normal, but now people are going to go and spike the next weird thing that they're into. Yeah. And, and again, this is all on loose stuff, which I absolutely hate even saying because video game price charge thinks that people want to know the loose prices on fucking disc based systems because they're ass. So that's the thing they put up there rather than putting up the, like just default to CIB stuff, guys. That's you you think cart only collectors are the ones like really concerned about the overall prices all the time. 
Like, what? Yeah, because I think complete collectors just go look on eBay for comparable condition yeah. because what's the use of an average price? Just, I still find it very aggravating. Like, at least let me toggle. Like, when yeah, you look well, at game an... Game Value Now lets you do that, but I don't yeah. think Game Value Now graphs are working right now for me. Yeah, I'm, I had the same feeling, so I, I went here, and you know I'm begrudged even being here. Um, Dreamcast was like $9.00 hit a spike in 2016 all the way up to 17 and now is resting at 15. So it took a dip and then it's actually on a slight climb from its dip. So it dipped back in 2017 as well uh, to $13 and then back up to 15 steadily over 2018 and 19. So that one's got some movement. Like who cares though? PlayStation 2, this is like a fun one uh, because it was a system still in like current use back in 2010. On average, $8 a game. Right now, guys, $8 a game. <laughs> Not surprised. Wow. Yeah. Huh. It sounds like it's a great time to stock up on PS2 games. Yeah, nope. Well, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you wanted to complete a set, Stefan, this would be the one to get. Because <laughs> it's still $8 a game. Just $8 I, times... 2,500 games? 3,000 games? I think what it's like a 19, deal. I think it's 1,900, but... I mean, hey, you could either have that sign or a PS2 collection. I'm just I'm saying. Um, <laughs> it it actually at its lowest. It was like $5 a game, so... But it has been flat at like $7, $8 since like 2015, so... Buyer beware. But the, some of the high-end stuff like has had traction there, but most of the middle because people don't know about it. Anyways, here's my favorite one. 2010 N64 guys. On average, a loose cart was $6. And I'm like, Nintendo 64 popularity plateaued in like 2016, right? Do we all think that? Like sure, people sure. are less interested in... Nope. It is actually done nothing but gone up. In 2016, it was $13. So again, we went from $6 to to thirteen dollars in two thousand sixteen, and now we're at eighteen dollars. So it, it has been a steady climb. Eighteen dollars is the average loose cart on N sixty four. Yeah, that's nuts. It is what? nuts. That's I, it's because I, the high. It's because the high end is so inflated, and there's so few games. I mean, maybe, but the idea, like where everything else, like Nintendo and Super Nintendo, have been dead flat. The fact that like N64 walks up in here and it's just got like that big dick energy is like, look at me, check me out. I'm going nowhere yeah. but up. You're like, all right, cool, N64. I uh, have noticed more people asking me like on Instagram and stuff to be like, post more N64 stuff. Like people are genuinely, I think it's just, I think it's just the console's time. And I think you're just getting more of a nostalgic drive. I thought know? that, but um, see, I thought that like it peaked in 2016. I thought we were over it, uh, but I guess not. However, Super Nintendo loose stuff has been flat, but Sega Genesis, does Sega do what Nintendo don't? It sure does. <laughs> it starts at $5 back in 2010, guys, and 2016 hits $11, so you think, all right, 2016, this is where it gets flat, so it should be like much lower. It peaks in 2019 at $14 a game. It's back down to like 13 but yeah. Fourteen dollars, yeah, loose on average carts. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Genesis, like it, it has been pretty flat since like uh, after a peak at the end of two thousand sixteen. Uh, but 
the general trend is up. Well, and then uh, here's the thing about PlayStation and PlayStation or PlayStation Two and PlayStation One. Uh, PlayStation One on average was seven dollars. If you remember, PlayStation Two was eight dollars. PlayStation One was seven dollars a game, and it finishes up 2019 at nine dollars a game. And that is like big movies. Yeah, this is like going down. It, it hit like a low of like six in 2013. Then it went up to like eight in 2016 and nine even. And then it like hit 10 at its peak in 2017 and recessed down one dollar to like nine. And that's just kind of not a lot of action. The chart looks generally pretty, pretty level. So, anyways, I think, uh, so consoles like thirty two X and N sixty four, they have the they they have that constant pressure of this is a really small and really easy set to complete if you want to complete it, and that puts upward pressure on those middle games. And I definitely see a lot of like the Reddit crowd going for N sixty four sets because it's super easy to collect. Like that high rule vise guy who's just a terrible collector and doesn't know what he's buying. He has that cool cabinet full of his complete N sixty four set. Um, and that cabinet like is about PlayStation sweet. and PlayStation Two. Like Stefan is a really cool collector, but he's too scared to collect PlayStation Two. So that's keeping <laughs> that middle down yeah. for all those unknown games because Stefan's scared. He's not going to do it. Stefan is do really it. scared. I don't know do what, what he's so scared of. He should just do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> never. You know what? Collect. I would look up to any collector who was willing to complete like original NES, Super Nintendo. Genesis and PlayStation 2. Oh, PlayStation 2 is the capstone, Just, huh? The, those four, <laughs> the, uh, the classic four consoles. <laughs> we like to call them the big four. Yeah. Because they are uh, that, well, I mean, I would include PlayStation 1, too. Just because they are the largest sets to collect. Don't be a baby. Get the biggest sets. You told me you're a big time collector, so show me what big time looks like. Come on, when have time. I ever called myself a big time collector? I have a text that said, "You know me, I'm big time." <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm reading it right here <laughs> because you guys know I love my dates. This is back in <laughs> February seventeenth of two thousand nineteen. You know me, I'm big time. No, okay. co- no context, but that's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> it probably wasn't about games. Um... Uh, nope. Never gonna happen. <laughs> Never is a drastic thing to say. That's that's fair. All right. Anyways, that's that's my numbers wrap up. Anyone else want to throw any numbers? I know like everyone's like, this is so boring. Also, I've got like sick voice, so I can't like get too much inflection in my voice, so I, I sound pretty flat. So no, I'm I sure think that's that been exciting. For, for for everyone, every listener who thinks it's boring i'm sure there's one that thinks it's amazing so this was the best episode mm-hmm. yeah woo. yeah um guys numbers are over but let's just talk briefly uh so that's kind of like where, where gaming went everyone's been like gaming is over yeah i told you you guys are dummies carts are stupid but i mean the data doesn't really show that that's why you need a long time i always tell people like you need to look over like a long course of time one year isn't enough six months isn't enough uh these are trends you don't know what could happen tomorrow last year in 2019 we're saying like i don't know i i think you should be buying cib but like carts look kind of down and like the general market's kind of down what could come in and shake up the market holy sealed games and black box and wada and then suddenly 
$100,000 games and people like the market went crazy. There was probably maybe not the volume spent on video games as, as far as retro, but like the price per game has to be higher than it's ever been. And that's probably true almost any year. I, I don't know, like I, maybe like 2017, like on average game prices in general. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just saying I, this had like, the, the biggest flashiest headlines definitely. for sure. For sure. So like, but I'm saying we weren't like at the beginning of 2019 predicting like this was the Knicks big shakeup. So um, oh yeah, we came into it like a normal year. Like we'd a couple months ago done like the Mario episode and it was like, this is the left bros Mario. You might want to look out for it. And then like Mario three left bros for like six months was like the hottest in video games. Complete in box copy. Complete box stop copies are pr- probably still selling for like $200 in really nice shape. And we said, like, it's like a one in 10 variant. Obviously, they're all gone on eBay because everyone stocked up on them and buying out all of them and and they're bidding up all the other ones. But like, it's not a rare game at all. (sighs) What a crazy year it's been. It it has been a crazy year. And that's just kind of what I wanted to get out there that the year you don't know what's coming. So we're going to we'll take a stab at it. Guys, make me some prediction. What's happening in 2020? Anything? You guys have any ideas? I have no f-ing idea. I can't even begin to predict. The bubble increases, the bubble crashes. Yeah, is ah. it uh are we going to say game prices I'm going to put your your feet to the fire both of you. Game prices in general, if we look at those prices like we did this year, up or down? I'm going to say the plateau continues. And I know the plateau has been on a slight downward trend, so I'm going to say continuing flat except for like Obviously, those those weird games that like a couple dozen people are going crazy over. Uh, but other than that, like market overall, the copy of a price of Ninja Guy and the copy of a price of Super Mario 3, like card only. That's flat across the board. I don't know what's going to change it. OK, Stefan. Yeah, I think the in general, the, the hobby will remain flat aside from I think that the um, I don't think the bubble has gotten as big as it's going to get yet on the. Uh, high-end sealed and like there's a couple uh, auctions that i'm really interested in like i'm interested to see what the nintendo playstation does yeah. Um, oh, yeah. because I if, mean, if, if that thing of... goes if that thing goes bonkers then a lot of other like development stuff might go bonkers like and like the nwcs might go even crazier into the stratosphere um so that that'll be an interesting turning point the other thing that i think could make a really big difference on on the market is if wada ever publicly and easily publishes their census so that it's very easy to see how many of a game have been graded and what those grades are um i think that could drastically alter that market so that's i'm i'm going back to that that's another reason you're right the bubble definitely whatever you want to call it if you guys think this is the new paradigm uh, but uh, it definitely isn't as big as it it could be because uh, there's a lot of games that haven't even hit the market yet. Um, and when they do, the first time a game hits like Heritage Auctions, it's always like crazy. Ninja Gaiden 3 sold for $2,000, not even in great shape. Uh, 9.0A for anyone wondering. Um, like uh, NWC Gold. The first time there's an NWC Gold on Heritage Auctions, like if it sells for $250,000, like that's going to cause... Like there's going to be ripples throughout the market, not just for NWC gold when that thing happens. Like someone's going to go crazy and there's more stuff that's going to happen in the market. I I do think that the the high end seal stuff is we're going to see more funny headlines. 
Yeah, whether or not that happens in 2020, like it just it just depends on what hits the what hits the auction block, right? Like, it, what what do you think on the? Did we say what we think the Nintendo PlayStation is going to sell for? No, I was I was going to ask you. Uh, I I voted in the fifty thousand to a hundred thousand bracket on the on the Wada Facebook group where there was a poll. Uh, I I think it's going to be like ninety thousand, but I'm playing by prices right rules, and I don't want to overguess. I, I I think the maximum that I could see it hitting would be about one hundred and fifty thousand. If you got two people that had deep pockets and were just getting on <laughs> during an auction, because uh, that's how these things happen. Um, you know, if you've ever been to Portland and <laughs> been at one of their live auctions, you know things that are not expensive can get real expensive if you get two people who really want something. So, um, so yeah, I th- I could see it going like 150 i know that the owner is really looking for something like three million which i don't think would happen yeah and to be clear he claims that he has he had an offer of like 1.2 million and turned it down um which you know may, maybe that was the right move maybe it's gonna go for crazy money i like i haven't seen anyone step up and be like i'm the buyer that's going to spend all this money for real but maybe they're just living in the secret shadow video game illuminati yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone who would put down that kind of money, I don't think is even in the conversations that we have. <laughs> yeah. You know I, what I mean? Like uh just like it's obviously a big part of gaming history, but it's also like this part of gaming history that kind of didn't happen unless you consider it like it is like kind of the predecessor to the real PlayStation, but it's not like that piece of Nintendo history. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing, which is why it's interesting, but I I honestly think it has more or as much a novelty value as historical value. And novelty value in terms of price is not good. But, you know, this is a total... What do you think? Johnny, what do you actually think on this? Um, I, I'm i gonna... I'm with you guys. I, I don't think this guy's getting over a million for it. Uh, I would be excited if it did, though. I think it would, it would be... It'll be really funny no matter what happens. Right. I'm looking forward to it. But I honestly... I'm so out of touch with that. I don't even feel good like throwing out a real guess. There's dude, there's no there's nothing even comparable to it. It's such a weird thing yeah. that like you can make a guess and none of your guesses are stupid. Like you could guess five million dollars and it's like, well, nothing like this has ever really sold. So well, maybe it's I, the most expensive thing. I also feel like you could say twenty five thousand because people didn't care that much. And that's still not a wrong answer. Like, who knows? I feel like nothing's off the table. If it does something like a million dollars, what I do see happening, because there is no way, just knowing how game development is, hardware development is, there is absolutely no way in hell that this is the only one out there. Oh, and God, I was just about and, to say that. And the thing, and this one was in the hands of a Sony employee, not a not a Nintendo employee. So just the fact that there would be no Nintendo employee that has one is is ridiculous. That you know, and the thing was injection molded specifically. They made more than one. There's no way in hell that there's only one of these units. And so what I definitely do see happening, if it does numbers that crazy, is that the next week we'll know about the next one. And then so then that next one will do five hundred thousand or whatever. Like the the likelihood of that particular i the value of that particular item tanking overnight is is very great in my opinion i mean i just don't i don't see a high price on this not driving one out of the woodwork like there's it's gonna happen because if this thing hits a million dollars then it's a hundred percent gonna hit national headlines like anytime they find a fucking stadium events in goodwill um and and 
people the other people who have these consoles are going to uh are going to bring them out and i think uh, i mean part or of the they reason... could just be like there could just be like three of them in like the nintendo vaults and it'll just like never see the light of day with like nintendo original box art and like whatever else nintendo keeps to their greedy little hands yeah that's that's fair. right no, that's true but also like you wouldn't even have to have one you wouldn't even have to have one sell to tank that number like just knowing that if someone was just like hey yeah i have one or i've seen one or i know one exists here's a picture of it on, on someone's desk or whatever like uh just the knowledge that another one was out there would would significantly affect the value of that one because i have no investment in this either way i think all of these these potential twists and turns in the nintendo playstation story will be very fun to watch got something to look forward to in 2020 it's going to be crazy no matter what. I agree. Um, one of the other things I think we're going to start to see more of is uh, third-party hang tabs. I think we'll see more of those graded. Oh, my God. What a prediction. Like, is it... <laughs> I know. Did I want to do the article on that yet? I don't I don't know. I feel like I've been hearing about this for more than six well, months. Well, yeah. that's Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a genius or anything. This is like a reasonable prediction. But the other thing is I, I do think we're going to start to see more Super Nintendo stuff. I think we're going to start to see like first-party Super Nintendo stuff start to hit because we haven't really seen that yet. We haven't seen like a Super Mario World box go for crazy money or anything. And I think as people uh... move in... What what's that? You have some the different data? sealed one. I I've only heard like rumors and like quote unquote possible fake sales, but like sealed ones are apparently going for five figures right now, and that was like a thousand dollars a couple of years ago. Correct okay. me if Sorry, I'm wrong. Sealed, sealed ones of what? I, I lost it. So Super Mario World. Black oh, okay. Box. Got it. But uh, I'm predicting like we will start to see these in like heritage. Like we're going to start to see Link to the Past and, you know, some of the Kirby's and stuff start to show up. Like we've seen all this black box stuff. So I wonder like now is it time for the next iteration? The way collectors moved, you know, from Nintendo once they had it all and started to seep into Super Nintendo early. I, I think we may start to see the beginnings of that this year. I so... I thought that because Super Mario Brothers 3, obviously a bananas common game. I was expecting last year that the natural progression of that is like Super Mario World, probably the second most respected Mario game next to Super Mario Brothers 3 would go crazy on Heritage. And it just it never happened. Uh, people seem to only care about NES. And I know in terms of like sealed, truly rare stuff like early NES stuff, especially like hang tabs and stuff, that's like on another level, like. Link to the past sealed, you can get one of those. That's not a problem. Um, one of the crazy things that sold last year was uh, Ninja Kid. Um, and I'm pretty sure uh, Bronte bought that. That was one of the three games he didn't have in his sealed NES set. And it came up on Heritage Auctions. And like that kind of stuff is like the super hard stuff to get. Like I don't know enough about sealed stuff to say. But I know if I really threw money out there, I could get a sealed Link to the Past. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it would be much harder to get a Super Mario World because sealed Super Mario Worlds do not show up. In fact, just finding a boxed non-player's choice edition of Super Mario World yeah. is not the easiest task, especially in very nice condition. Tyler, you had a hard time, right? Finding one? I did have a really hard time uh, finding one. And then I bought two. I bought one. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I feel bad admitting this. Uh, I bought one and then immediately I found an upgrade for about the same price, like with the shrink wrap still on it. It was pretty nice. 
Uh, and then I bought that one. And then one like a month ago came up on video game stage for 150 bucks. And like, I haven't like even opened the ones I got and really inspected them. I'm like, oh, that might have like upgrade stuff I need. Maybe the box is in nicer shape. And like, I'm not going to think about it because like 150 bucks is a great deal. So I bought that one too. I have three copies right now. Uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what? Well, I, yeah, I just have problems. I'll just cut something, that. Johnny, Johnny, something, <laughs> away, something about the way that you say what is wrong with you. Every time you say it, it just fills me full of joy. I don't know if it should. It's it's the shrink rate. Like I I wasn't gonna pass on one hundred fifty dollars Super Mario World. That that deal is like too good to pass up on for any reason. Like even just as trade bait. Um, you don't I did the trade same thing anything. With... <laughs> but what if I need to? When is that ever gonna happen? Cite some historical I've got evidence. A, I've got a copy of Amazing Tater card only. One day I'm gonna need to trade it to someone. All right. Well, I've got a bunch of empirical evidence that pretty much straight up shows that you don't trade games. But Tyler, like one day, Tyler, Tyler is my ninety-year-old father. Where <laughs> he's got this set of golf clubs. He doesn't play golf, and I'm like, Dad, you really need to get rid of these golf clubs. And he's like, But someday I might take up golf. And I'm like, You're fucking ninety. <laughs> when is that going to happen? <laughs> Maybe when the, you're one dead. day, complete in box <laughs> games are going to be the only collectible thing, and card only games are going to be seen as the dirty garbage that they are. And I'm going to trade a Super Mario World as part of my trade towards a card only stadium events, which will be garbage. Uh, okay. All right. That's my thought. That's a that's a thought. It None of those it. are for sale or trade, by the way. Anyone listening, I'm sorry if you can't find one, and I'm hoarding three over here. Uh, my response to that is go look at Dennis Khan's Instagram and his at least 13 copies of Super Mario Brothers. What does that have to do with Super Mario World? It doesn't. I'm just... Yeah. I'm not a bad hoarder. I just happen you, to have three copies of the I'm game because I upgraded okay. and then just got a because, really good deal. Just on because one. there are worse hoarders out there does not make uh, you a not bad hoarder. Yeah, like I only murdered three people. <laughs> I'm no war criminal. Um, I don't... I'm gonna post it on uh, multiple game Monday. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's a world we we live in now. Anyways, I could add this to my shame, actually, because I posted my Super Mario World right after I bought it because I was really excited. Like one of my favorite games, obviously, it's everyone's favorite game. Um, and then like literally like two weeks later, I got like the upgrade and it's got like the shrink wrap on it and it's super nice. And it's like, well, I can't post this one or I'll just seem like an ass. So now this goes into the vault. Oh, man, Tower, you're, you're amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I don't have any more predictions. Uh, yeah. Can but, I can well, I say, you can say one more thing want. about the Nintendo PlayStation before yeah. we go? So the Nintendo PlayStation is probably one of the most well-documented prototype consoles in the universe. Um, it's been stripped down. It's been, the boards have been mapped. The uh, chips have been dumped. So from a- People developed games for yeah, it. Yeah, people have developed games for it, right? It is that it is so well-documented that people have developed games for it. Um, so from a video game history preservationist standpoint, it's really not terribly important anymore. The physical item is not terribly important. Well, all that so, attention so, on it makes it more interesting, I think. So really, I want to talk to the guy- who might be listening, who may be thinking about spending a fucking million dollars on this thing or whatever, if you 
are genuinely interested in historical preservation of games, there are so many better ways for you to spend your million dollars that would benefit the community in so many more ways than buying this stupid console. Look, man, so, you ain't spending a million dollars on this thing to benefit the community. You're benefiting yourself. Hey, bro, you want your name at the top of the Washington Post for some reason? Spend a million dollars. If it's something that you're doing because you are a game history enthusiast and you care about game history, there are so many better ways that you could benefit game history than buying the stupid console that we know every single thing about. Don't try to shame so, them, bro. That's my that's my rant on the Nintendo PlayStation. Uh, I would actually urge you to go to a site like GameHistory.org and learn about ways that you could actually do good things for the community. Yeah, with your like money. like finding a Sega Neptune. Yeah, <sighs> right. So. Do you think the person who buys it is going to uh, publicly like reveal themselves, or they're gonna like shack up and hide? I hope they hide. Stick it in the stick it in the. They, they just hide and, and we just like... never see it again. Yep, I hope that, so. Well, <laughs> that would be so funny. One of those like, and not that I. Uh, I hate to say this because it makes me feel like I'm judging them, and I guess I kind of am, but like those quote-unquote diversifying my portfolio guys, uh, oh, I think yeah. it'll probably be one of those guys. Where I'm just super like, curious if it's going to be like a game collector looking for a capstone piece, if it's going to be one of these like super crazy kind of like hardware prototypey guys, or if it's just going to be like diversifying my portfolio with the thing no. I think is valuable. No, yeah, because I, I really well, want to know. Because it's, it's down to who has the most money, and I think that that segment currently is are the people who have the most money you know who should buy it uh that company that buys up rare comics and magic cards and sells shares of it and then we could all own a piece of the <laughs> nintendo playstation <laughs> my look i have one three hundredth of this console and it's I, mine. Yeah. I actually hope that they uh do like a random grab bag like a grab bag auction like uh you get like 500 entry or you can get up to like five entries in this hundred thousand dollars per entry uh once we hit 30 then i'm going no i want them to just cut it up into tiny pieces and mail everyone a piece no like like on <laughs> instagram everyone who has their like hey uh here's a cool game do you want your chance to get it for cheap here's just pay ten dollars and maybe you'll randomly win this game and i know there's some guys out there uh, who legit do this and are like totally fine they aren't scamming anyone but i just think those schemes are funny so i think if we saw something like as rare and as weird as uh the nintendo playstation do that that would be the height of comedy for me anyways anyway that's my soapbox i just wanted to take a second to say that you know just in case it's someone who genuinely cares about uh you know if they feel like they're making this purchase to benefit game history it's not benefiting game history or, or preservation because we have absolutely documented the crap out of this thing i don't already. think anyone paying the money for this is trying to but nope. we've already said it what else what else is going on nothing i we have I, no i don't think we need to do buying and selling or buying it buying and selling buying I want to episode. go over the the worst sales of the year. Okay, what what were the worst sales of the year? All right, um, this is all like most of this is just heritage stuff. Guys, did you hear that uh, Super Mario Brothers Second Print Sealed sold for one hundred thousand one hundred and fifty dollars? Ooh, God, they should have got a first print. In case we didn't mention they it, in taken uh, it to Pawn Stars and gotten a million dollars, <laughs> and now it's worth a million dollars. Um. There was a $42,000 uh, NWC Gray that sold. It was a really nice one. 
uh, probably a couple NWC sold. That's the only one I, I cared to mention because it was so expensive. Uh, $28,000 Donkey Kong 3, which we mentioned. Um, not an important game. Not a cool game for the character. Um, don't care if it's a sealed hang tab. That's still a bananas price. And then there's a bunch of stuff between like ten dollars and $20,000 that's just ridiculous. Like Contra and Bubble Bobble Part 2. Don't uh, you I already not, mentioned... Don't you speak ill of Bubble Bobble 2? It's fine game. It's not the mo. It's not a twenty thousand dollar exciting game. Don't you talk bad about my boys, Bub and Bob? You don't know what's going on in their life. Uh, Do you know that they had to go into the dreamland and become dragons to save their ladies? Is Bubble Bubble Part Two an arcade game? Could you get like an entire row of like ten Japanese candy cabinets and put a Bubble Bobble Part Two PCB in each of them? And have that instead of a sealed copy of the Nintendo port. It's probably not an arcade game. I don't know. No, the numbering on Bubble Bobble is actually kind of confused because the true Bubble Bobble 2 is actually Rainbow Islands. Yeah. I don't even know what part two is. All right, wait. Is it Rainbow Islands or is it just called... Is it Parasol Stores? Parasol Stars, the story of Rainbow Island? Because they, they did some wacky stuff with the naming on that one. So I can't remember exactly how that works there are times in history where i could have explained it and you just confused me by explaining it <laughs> uh, i don't remember what it is i i think it is parasol stars the but story bubble bobble part Island. two is literally just more bubble bobble yes i think right i, I believe what more do you so. want <laughs> yeah nothing well, that's perfectly acceptable <laughs> and right. you know there was a bubble bobble four they just put out for the switch and there was like a collector's edition on like super limited games or whatever that Company is not limited run. Uh, it was like $100. Strictly limited. Yeah. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's actually correct. And okay. I, I didn't buy it, and I was, I'm was. i still kind of sad I didn't. No, there's too much. Like, you can't just put a retro franchise and say limited and get me excited. It, I, I just I'm love, over it. I just love Bubble Wobble. I, it's cool. You don't need, it's probably, it's literally probably the worst Bubble Bobble game. You probably don't need to own it. Probably not. Just be happy that you don't. Go I, buy a Bubble Bobble PCB. Do it. I didn't buy it. I, I'm just telling you I'm still a little sad I didn't. All right. Anything else you want to throw out before before we end this episode? I, I think we've got quite no, a lot. we got to keep going. Okay. It's the end of the year. No, now, the, it's the beginning of the year. <laughs> like, nope. Uh, it's the beginning. Got lots more episodes two- to do. I had the two worst buys of the year and I feel kind of bad because I think the same person bought them. Uh, the million dollar black box sale, which uh, to be clear is an average of over $25,000 a game, meaning every single game was a complete banger. Um, I don't care <laughs> how sticker sealed they are. That is. And then the other one would be not for resale sealed. Halo, Halo. for $9,000, yeah. which again, also mentioned on the show, um forever just the worst thing ever even if it did cause like a whole bunch of people to become aware of it and falsely think that it's like this developer exclusive microsoft employee thing don't forget that don't forget first print sonic uh oh well like that's what was the highest sonic sale like one went for like oh one did one go for like almost 10 grand we one went for like a dumb number i don't remember which but it caused like this whole fervor for a minute for it like did. a week so and then everyone realized oh there's a lot of copies of sonic the hedgehog huh yeah all, all right. right so uh, anything else tower i know you got more no 
Okay. Those are those are some big dumb sales of a lot of money that numbers like we couldn't fathom two years ago. Uh, even a at the beginning of last One year, year ago, the beginning of this year. Yeah. A twenty thousand so. dollar NES game, just like like regularly twenty thousand dollar NES games throughout the year. Right. Um. And like privately, some stuff like that was happening, but now this to be like publicly in like regular collector world is it's insane. Um. I say regular collector world, like As I don't, if, I like don't. We're part of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not including myself, guys. I don't think what I do is reasonable or normal, and I don't advocate for that. So don't think that I'm not aware that uh, I'm ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> and I know I've been really focused on this part of the market just in terms of talking about it, but oh my god, the rest of the market has been so flat for so long. This is the only interesting thing happening in video games, and the best part is like. All this stuff's happening, and you can go look at your shelf and be like, oh, I got a Left Bros Mario. Oh, I got a TM Zelda. Oh, I got a White Buttons uh, Mike Tyson. You, you can get free money. It's like Yay. winning the lotto. Oh, I've got that <laughs> what, Dr. Dr. Wiley. Got the Dr. White. Yeah, Dr. White. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't even mention that. Oh, yeah, Mega Man sold for $75,000. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, just that. Whoops. Yeah. Rad Racer Daylight Print did it. Oh, by man, the way. I was so upset. Remember when I was so obsessed with that for a minute? Yep. I was just like, and then Tyler was uh, obsessed. So, God damn you, Stefan. Uh, that's another game. Uh, speaking of hoarding, I've started picking those up every time I see them when I'm in like a mm -hmm. game store. I've got like three or four copies now. Like those aren't hard to find. Yeah, I, know. I, I just you. I just <laughs> got my first one, and I don't even know if it's just the box. I don't even have the cart. I have the manual. I don't have glasses for it. I have my. <laughs> My glasses in the other box, but the box the box is the interesting part. So yeah. whatever. But I was like, I finally did it. I was like, I was looking for this like casually, uh, before Stefan was, and then Stefan got obsessed with it, and then somehow the market found out about it. And I was just like, God damn it, really? I didn't. You know who? You know who ruined it for me was SNK two or SNK two D Forever. The he was the one that like posted about it and then i was just like oh my god i need this in my life uh, <laughs> rad racer is not even a good game bite uh, your tongue but uh, it's squaresoft bro it uh, is sega am2 bro okay before we get into any more random insults let's um let's talk about if you uh played anything do you want to talk about what you played at all did you play anything Stephen? tyler Stefan? I, I beat three games this year. Already? Uh, it's Well, now it's January 9th for me. Yeah. Do you want to guess what they are? Ninja Gaiden? That's one. Um, Mario? Nope. Uh, uh, you were warmer before. Did you just beat the trilogy? Yep. Did it. <laughs> did it. Um, the, the Nintendo age video game Sage, they have the, can you beat every NES game every year? And MDB used to beat all of the Ninja Gaiden games and he stopped doing it for whatever reason. So now I can do it, even though I don't like Ninja Gaiden two and that game's really hard. And then, uh, I've been playing Roller Coaster tycoon two, uh, cause I've been watching this guy called Marcel Vos on YouTube and he's just like this metalhead with a really calming voice. Uh, and he just explains Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 in more depth than anyone could possibly care. And I love all of his videos. He's the reserved investments of Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. And it's got me <laughs> interested in playing again. 
Um, and then did I say I was playing Demon Souls? If I did, you that did. episode is going to be posted like a year from now. So um, I've been playing Demon Souls. Uh, super fun game. I love it. Uh, I died. I'm about 10 hours into the game. I died. Uh, the screen went to black. Uh, and then my PlayStation 3 Blu-ray drive completely died. So Demon Souls literally killed my PS3. And uh, you, <sighs> Demon Souls has a, a copy-protected save file, so I couldn't even transfer my save file to Ada's PS3. So what I had to do is an entire system transfer from my PS3 to her PS3, and it took over 72 hours for a 60-gigabyte PS3. Uh, what the f***, Sony? That's my Demon Souls experience. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Okay, Stefan, what about you? I mean, I've talked about it a couple times where Star Fox is like my therapy game when I like just need to like decompress for 20 minutes. So I, I, I know for a fact the last few weeks I've played through Star Fox a couple times on the Switch. But, um, but really still like into Ring Fit Adventure, as funny as that is. Um, I, I can't attribute, I can't attribute all my weight loss to Ring Fit Adventure, but it's definitely been part of my regimen and I've lost 35 pounds since October. So, um, something's working. Ring Fit Adventure. Woo. I think, uh, losing 20 pounds was one of my goals in the 2019 episode. And I think I'm the exact same weight. Did it. Did it. did do it. If only someone got me Ring Fit Adventures. Ada. Yeah, Ada. No, she might be listening, guys. Come on. Ada. Exactly. Exactly. I'll see you at the wedding. We'll talk about this moment, Ada. Uh, no, we probably won't. Um, and she'll be like, "Leave me alone. This is my special day." <laughs> I don't know <laughs> weird you. old men from California <laughs> that I've never met before. How did Santa Claus even get here? <laughs> With, on his reindeer, of course. Um, I was so proud of that joke. And I suggested that you be Santa Claus for our children. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I told you uh, that that was that in response to me saying I got called Santa and Target. No, no, it was. Oh, that just, was uh, Karen's like request. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I got called Santa Claus by a small child in Target. So I was just randomly walking through Target and uh, doing some Christmas shopping, as you do in the season. And I'm wearing, like, a bright red shirt with, like, white lettering and stuff on it. And, like, blue jeans and, like, a big black belt and black boots. And I've got, like, my big white beard. And some little kid just walks up to me. He's, like, five years old. And he's like, hi, Santa. And I was just like, hello. I, it's like, what do you say? Like, what am I going to be like? I'm not Santa. Get out of here, kid. Like, no, uh, I just was like, hi. And the mom's like, thank you. And I was like, this is, this is a weird thing to be called. And then I w looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I was definitely asking for it. So, <laughs> you know, the way I was dressed. So. I would want to play along and be like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? But then I feel like some parents like would call the cops on you. So I would just like try to deescalate the situation as fast as possible. Yeah. Uh, just. Just move on. Move on as quickly as possible. You don't ever want to like talk to other people's kids now. It's a scary world. Uh, people are frightening. Anyways, Stefan, besides Star Fox, anything else in Ring Fit? Nope, that's pretty much it. I've been... You know what? Most, most of my free time that I haven't been hunting for stuff... You've been framing? Um, has been... 
Well, I've been, well, yes, I did spend like three days at the framer, but um, uh, I've been binge watching Clone Wars and uh, I made it through that. And I will say that I was not sold on the show until season three and season three really, really, really picks up. So if you are interested in watching Clone Wars and you're like in the first two seasons and you're not really feeling it, wait till season three and then make a decision because it's rad. Or just skip right to season three. It's it's not very, the show in general is not very cohesive. So you could totally just like skip the first two seasons. Just like, don't even say that. I hate that. Uh, it's like the Wheel of Time books. People are like, people are legitimately like, those books are thick as hell. And they're like, dude, on book 10, it, it gets like crazy. It's like, you, really, you want me to le- read nine 500 page books to get to a good book? That's what I feel like when you say season three of a show is good. Yeah, but Robert Jordan, nope, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order. I've been enjoying it. I I don't think Stefan's- the Dark Souls of Star Wars. Yeah, I, I don't think Stefan's description is accurate. It's not an, a bad Uncharted, but a good Star Wars game because I, I don't really- It does not really play like Uncharted. It, that's not- You do some Uncharted-y things, but that's not- Really, it. the combat uh, is difficult at times, but not because combat is hard necessarily. It's because sometimes it's a little clunky. So, do you do you agree when I call it a Metroidvania? Did you see where like I I feel like it a little bit fits yeah. that mold? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, there's some of that. Like you get a new power, or whatever. Now you go back to this area. Yeah, there's definitely some of that and i don't hate it i i like it a lot and like i i have fun playing it it you know i i find swinging the lightsaber to be satisfying i wish that was you know i wish you could do some cooler stuff like some of the four stuff that are kind of limited by the amount of buttons you have so i don't feel like they execute as well as you would want them to like okay you want this second level of the of the push now hold down longer. I just wish the power upgraded overall rather than having to do this like button hold system that they implemented, you know, but uh, overall I've been enjoying it. Played a little more Dragon Warrior one, but really I've been focused on uh, just trying to finish Jedi order on a, on a harder difficulty. So uh, oh, you've already, you already went through it. Once? No, nope. I just started at oh. like a, I just started at a harder difficulty. Because everyone's like, it's not that hard. And now I've been, it's got a little punishing in some parts. And you're just like, okay, a random biker scout killed me. Right. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Got uh, the sickness I cannot get over. My throat is uh, fully dry because we're going for like three hours on this episode. <laughs> we're, um, we, we need to make up for the episode yeah, that uh, yeah, will not be here for a long time. So uh, that's it. You guys want to close out with the best game you played all year? Do you, do you have that off the top of your head? If Stefan goes first, I do. Oh, Spider-Man, probably. Um, yeah. You ca- think... You're just pandering to the comic book people. No, I think Spider-Man was a fantastic game. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, everything about that game was amazing. I really, or like maybe um, <laughs> the most recent Dragon Quest would be the other <laughs> contender. But only because, like, I feel like I feel like Spider Man. If I was going to recommend one of the other to like a random person, I would probably recommend Spider Man more because it was a more approachable game than Dragon Quest. Because Dragon Quest is, well, 
do you like Dragon Quest or do you not like Dragon Quest? You know, like there's a there's a qualifier there where I don't think that there's much of a qualifier for Spider-Man. I think it's a much more approachable game. Fair. All right. All right, Tyler. Uh, does it is it are we talking about 2019 releases or the best game I played? Best game you played in 2019. Like what did you have the most fun? Uh, uh, Link's Awakening DX. I think I talked about that on the show, but yeah, I played it as a kid. I am almost positive that I cheated my way through it with the warp glitch. Uh, one fantastic game when you don't cheat. Yeah, and uh, I'm also giving it to uh, Link's Awakening, but on the Switch. So there we are. Solid uh, game. Very good game. Yeah, I, game I, I won't just, play. It just gave me all the nostalgia feels that were... Uh, that I wanted. It did exactly what I needed it to do, and I had a lot of fun doing it. So, and it's also like the, you guys know, I'm soft on Zelda. It's I also think the, everyone's soft on Zelda. That's true. It's also the perfect length for me as an adult gamer with a kid and a job and you know all of that. Like, I would so much rather have a really strong short experience than a meandering gigantic experience. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, it definitely hit the mark as far as like I felt very satisfied in a short period of time. Agree. Yeah. What a game. Agree. Game of the year 2019, Link's Awakening for the original Game Boy. Tower, stop being such an old man. All right. So, <laughs> hey, that was our year in review. And, um, you know, what we're going to do in 2020, or we think. I look forward to hearing what you guys have planned for 2020. I know everyone's already talked about uh, their New Year's goals, and I'm going to leave you guys with this sign-off before we get to where you can find us. So this is something I, I, I notice with increasing frequency that uh, people get really sour on at the New Year. They're like, I don't make resolutions. Or you get people saying, look, just because a calendar flipped, suddenly you're going to be a better person this year? I don't think so. Like They just get this weird attitude about it. And to these people, my rebuttal is, one, don't take away an impetus for change, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's uh, real or not. Placebos are a real thing. They work. Uh, look at the psychology of placebos. Anything that's, that spawns action out of anyone to uh, try and improve their life, whether they're successful at it or not, should be applauded. So... If the human collective can sit down and say, well, this became a new year and I'm going to try and do better this year than I did last year and this is how I'm going to do it, then I don't think we should dump all over that. You should, you know, you don't need to sit there and congratulate everyone or interrogate them about their, what their goals are, their resolutions, but, but don't be the guy who's sitting in the corner being like, this is stupid because, uh, you know, you're the ass in this situation actually not them you know who who cares what their reasons are for for trying to be better you know we should uh we should welcome all people trying to be better especially in a world where uh things aren't as good as they could be and if we were all a little better we could improve that drastically so that's that's my sign off on uh new year's for everybody well is this in response to an instagram message where you were called the ad of the show no no <laughs> i i no i'm the heart of the show and sometimes that heart is an ass um that and that's fair i i we we talked about whether i think i am the ass of the show or not and i i think sometimes i am but i'm also probably the most sentimental as well 
So I, I think that's also true. Like, you are, Johnny. I, I'm certainly I, not. Oh, no, no. You are you are the oldest person on the show by, I don't know, at least 400 years. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that's even, the math doesn't work, but I checked and it works It works out. Uh, but, you know, I like to celebrate holidays. I like to celebrate birthdays. I think, like, th- there's so many reasons not to celebrate every day. So if you can find a little reason to celebrate something, I, I just believe in doing that. Like, you know. Let, letting people have a moment, enjoy a moment, and and sharing and being with each other. I our values I find important. So it is not because of that. I, the guy who did that was very funny. He said, "I thought you were an a- when I started listening to this show, but you're not an." A-. So that guy just listened enough, and he finally got me. So that was, <laughs> but I can understand how if you started listening to the show and heard me, especially in certain parts of episodes, you're just like, "What is this guy's problem? He's an ass." I get it. I don't even disagree with you. I, that, that's a totally accurate assessment. Uh, I'm slowing down my collecting because I have every video game. Uh. Oh, look, like that's. I mean, that we're ass. We're all ass. And that, like, yeah, Stefan is like, like I like I know we have like some ca- more casual collectors who listen to the show, and like we sound like total POSs to them because they're like Stefan's like. Mm, I need this to be harder for me. I would like to, to only buy one of ones. This to the is point terrible. Where I, I I really dislike talking about it now because it just makes me feel so terrible as a person to those people. Yeah. Oh, you buy games. Isn't that Johnny? Listen to him. He's still buying video games. Oh, you haven't started on <laughs> art yet? That's hilarious. What is your name, young man? Tell me. That, that's Stefan. We all have to start somewhere. <laughs> that's cute. Good luck. And here's a dime for your piggy bank. You get on that collecting, won't you? Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, and that's what came out of me. So, oh, uh, I love the voices. Uh, I know it's time to end the show. <laughs> but uh, good way to end it. More voices. Yeah. Um, don't forget, everybody, this year to collect what you want and not what's trendy or expensive. Yeah, collect what you want. Don't, Woo. don't be a Timmy or a Poindexter, right? Don't be a Timmy or a Poindexter. Oh, love it, Stefan. You're my favorite. <laughs> oh, that's some reserved investments garbage right there. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, all right, gents. Um, you know where you can find all of us. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Video Game Sage. You can find me eh, sometimes on Video Game Sage, and you can find us all right here uh, on this podcast. Uh, you should know our names by now, or I'm not even going to tell you. Uh, if you don't know them, you can PM us <laughs> wherever you found this uh, <laughs> podcast, and I'll be happy to give you all of our deets. <laughs> All right, like leaving us Spotify comments yeah, like, hey, like, guys, you don't respond. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, oh, shit, we don't look at Spotify. Damn it. Uh, anyways, thanks, guys, and this has been a very long episode. Hope the new year is starting off right for you, and I, I hope it is a good one, and we can all g- be back here next year at this time talking about what a good year 2020 was and how uh, we didn't all implode. That would be great. So until next time. Bye.